Welcome to the show, Lee and Amber, to Keyhole Conversations. This is officially my 10th episode, I believe. So you guys are uh, guest 10 and guest 11, nice. but coming on for show number 10. Um, did you guys know that I was doing this podcast or no? I knew you did the habeas, habeas corpses yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I kind of branched out as well. So I still do the habeas corpses one, but I've also been doing this one, which is just a, I call it keyhole conversations, and we have a conversation on kind of anything and everything. It's a wide gamut of topics. And I was having a conversation not too long ago about uh, leaving religion and things of that nature with um, a new coworker of mine. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I have this other coworker or ex-coworker <laughs> turned into friend that... Uh, left a religion as well. Um, you two both grew up LDS here in Utah, correct? I grew up in Utah. He actually grew up in Sacramento. Yeah, in California. Oh, you were down in California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did you move to Utah officially? <clears throat> moved in 2000. Oh, wow. So how uh, old were you when you came up to Utah? Um, it was a couple years past, so 24, 25. Uh, you were like 23, 24 when we got married. So three years after that, I was 27. 27. Oh, wow. She's on board for... Now, did... So, Lee... So, Amber, you grew up Utah, born and raised, LDS. Um, Lee, were you born and raised LDS? Yeah, both both sides. A pioneer heritage on both sides, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, like deep. Oh, that's crazy. So, did you... Did you both, growing up as uh, being Mormon and everything, did you serve missions and all that? I mean, obviously... I did not because you did I not. got married at 19. Uh-huh. She could have. <laughs> Doesn't usually happen though. But back then were was it a thing for Mormon missionaries to be female? I know it is nowadays, but was that kind of They could be, but you had to be 21 gotcha. to go back in my day. So uh -huh. 19. And yeah. like the boys. Yeah, so it's just a little bit of an age difference and did you go right into a mission at 19? I didn't. <clears throat> Partially because I'm I always kind of rebel. Gotcha. So um, as soon as they stop asking me when I was going on a mission, then I'm like, well, I'll go on a mission now. Oh, so you did serve an LDS mission. Oh, yeah. Where yeah, did I you did. go? England. Oh, over to England. Yeah. Cool place. So did you do two years over there? Two years. Yeah, yeah. How was that? I mean, at the time, it's it's it was always hard for me because I always felt like in England they have every... Every church that's on on the planet is in England, mm -hmm. um, but I always felt like I was bugging people, and that pushing it on people wasn't kind of what I I didn't want to do that. And so, but you're supposed to serve a mission, and there's a lot of guilt put on you, and a lot of pressure as far as you know they'll 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 put the pressure saying like, oh, you were there's souls that you have to find that only you could find. So you have to go on a mission because they're waiting for you. Oh, it was you. foreordained that you would find them and bring them into the fold. Really? Yeah. So when you went on your mission, you were, you waited a little bit. How old were you when you, I was almost 20, almost 20. Yeah. And, um, were you actively still kind of believing in the whole LDS faith and everything at that time? hundred percent. There wasn't even a possibility. Oh. It wasn't even, it was truth. It was your life. That's how, that, that was existence. And everybody else 
who didn't believe it just didn't know what the truth was. So growing up, both uh, Lee and Amber, did you both have highly religious family backgrounds to where it was like you went to church every Sunday and did everything that the Mormon faith required of you? Every Sunday, three hours of church. Well, when I was little, they kind of broke it up a little bit during the week, but it was still three hours. And then you'd go and do your um, primary or mutual during the week for at least an hour sometimes more depending on the activity. Mm-hmm. The crazy part is when I was 16, they have what they call young adult wards, which are young teenage to you know late 20s usually kind of in that range. Meat markets. Um, what? Meat <laughs> market. Yeah, trying to get people trying to get them married. There's no kids in it. It's all like college students and but I started going to the dances in, in California there was tons of dances every week. And because I made friends with them, I'd start going, I started going to the young adult ward at 16. Gotcha. Normally you wouldn't go till you're 18, but I would actually go to two different churches. Really? Every Sunday from 16 to 18. Wow. So yeah. you guys were fully just living the, the LDS life. The I, I like, I don't know what to say anymore because a lot of them say we're not, you don't call us Mormon or something like that. Isn't there a big backlash on that title? There is. They don't like to be referred to anymore as Mormon. So it's the Church of Jesus Christ of mm. Latter-day Saints. Gotcha. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. make any sense to me either. Because it's, it's like... the book of Mormon. Like, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Um, so you, you, you both grew up um, going to church activities, church events, church friends, all this. How did you guys come about to meet each other? We actually met in an LDS chat room back in the day when it was IRC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nerdy. Yeah. It was in uh, 96, the end of 96, so it wasn't even like a big thing you yet. Literally to di- you literally had to dial up, dial into the server with a modem. Wow. And yeah. then... We're old. And then you run the program, <laughs> and then you would... Dude, we were super tech savvy though. Come yeah. on. Come on. It was great. Online dating, my brother would always call us cyber lovers. Really? How long were you guys uh, connected in this chat room before you even met each other? It? Or the first phone call? Well, it was probably a while because he was actually dating a girl from Kansas and I was dating a guy who lived in Arizona um, when we first kind of like connected. connected yeah, we, we probably knew each other for about a year, I think. Did you guys in this chat room, was it a like a singles chat room or was it just a general like, hey, meet people chat room and talk to each other? It was just anybody LDS. Okay. So it was all it wasn't, over the US. It wasn't just like your specific location it was that specific, or singles. Like each server had its own Mormon chat room. But and... were, were you guys like in the chat room with the, uh, the goal of meeting like a relationship partner or was it just to Unf- communicate with people? Unfortunately, that's what it always was for me. I wouldn't even date a girl. It's really kind of, it sucks. Cause like I was even from a teenage years, you're evaluating whether this, this person is marriage material. And you're like, I don't want to date them if they're not marriage material. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't, you know, I didn't date very much growing up but because had, of that. But did you had the one girl you were kind of dating and then you were in the chat room kind of, because she was also in the chat room. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was okay. Dating was also in the chat room, ah, and that's how we all. Yeah. I get you now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so weird. It was. Yeah. Sounds so nerdy. <laughs> Super nerdy, but. So when when did you guys first meet outside of the chat room? When did you guys decide to say, "Hey, let's." Uh... Um. So we kind of like chatted, because you could do like the big group chat, and then you mm-hmm. could like do side chats, and so we would kind of like I don't even know why we started talking. 
Um, I, you probably showed a picture, and I was like, oh, that's, she's cute. <laughs> there you go. One of those pictures that it takes forever to load down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Super <laughs> low somebody res. somebody gets on the phone, it, like, stops. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was oh, funny, baby. too, so we were always, you know, that was part of what I I liked is that she, we had a similar sense of humor. There you go. Well, and he ended up going to Kansas, and that didn't work out. Yeah, I, mean, I actually flew to Kansas to meet the other girl. Oh, really? And then around the same time, I broke up <laughs> with the guy I was dating too. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I was about to, I was like, I'm done with this. And then I started talking, I'm like, started talking to her and I'm like, hmm. But I, we, we, I actually, I'm pretty sure I have all of our chats still somewhere oh, in one of my drives. Really? All of them. Oh, you, you need to find those. So <laughs> weird, <I'm> sure. <laughs> So at the time, you're all of 18, 19? I was 18. 18, and you're 22? I was 23. 23. So you're returned from your mission Mm -hmm. and everything. 23, that's late for LDS to... Well, I was late because I went went late and then two years. Because by that time, they're usually back and married, right? I mean, or it's... A lot, usually pretty quick. They kind of push for it. They're like... Six months, or you're you're gonna, they they really almost like act like you, um, are destined to be single if you don't get married in six months. Because I was I was just gonna preface that I'm anything that I'm saying it might sound like I'm being kind of humorous, but growing up in Utah LDS culture and seeing all my friends that were LDS, they were married at like nineteen twenty years old. There's a lot of real pressure. quick. Yeah. Well, the because we weren't having sex, it's we, you're gonna you're gonna break the law of chastity if you don't. It's so so it's of, that's like part of the pressure. Gotcha. So you're 23. Your hormones 19, are going 18, crazy. 18, mm-hmm. hormones and you guys, crazy. did you meet in Utah or somewhere else? So he had a brother that lived in Provo at the time. Um, and he actually was like coming back for a conference. No, I wasn't coming. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, we should meet, you know, hey. But I didn't want to put pressure. So I was like, um, hey, I'm going back to see my brother. Um, you want to get together? Want to meet? And she's like, sure. And then I got off the phone with her because we were talking on the phone at that point. Uh-huh. Then as soon as I got off, I called my brother and was like, hey, dude, I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> It was conference though. It was conference weekend. That we I met. just said I was. Yeah. I, I had no. I wouldn't. You weren't coming back. I, I don't give a crap. I never cared to go to. Con- I mean, conferences was okay at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of it was it's like looking back. We I thought of it as kind of your grandpa giving you advice, kind of thing. Gotcha. Doesn't feel that way these days, but and for for people who aren't LDS or of the LDS faith, um, conference is like a televised event that. Every every six months. Yeah. So that's that, usually April and October, and you have two-hour sessions, uh, two two-hour sessions on Saturday, and then two two-hour sessions on Sunday. And then the guys have a one. priesthood session on Saturday night. And they've kind of, like, mixed that up in the last bit. Yeah, they changed a little bit. So little the women bit. will have one. I think it's every other year now or something like that, and then the guys will have one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Gotcha. So, and that's what it is. So Lee says, I'm coming back to conference and you meet up with Amber and you guys kind of just hit it off, right? How long before you guys are actually married? Um, so we met in April, we were engaged in May and then got married in August. Of wow. That. That yeah. was, that's quick. Yep. Very Not quick. even a year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Very fast. I proposed to her in San Francisco though. Oh, really? The Palace mm-hmm. of Fine Arts. Oh, yeah. nice. Really cool place. Yeah. So... 
here's one thing that not a lot of people know about um, the Mormons is you guys, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them go through getting sealed in the temple and everything when they're married. Was that your guys's whole, did you go through with all of that? Yep. He went through before his mission and then I went through. That's a requirement. Too. Yeah. You have to be. Oh, you have, have to gone go through that through process before temple. you go through with the mission. I went through two days before we got married. Oh, wow. I took so. her. I went through with her. Yeah. So what is what is that like to go through the temple and be sealed and connected <laughs> to your your spouse? So when you first go through, you take out your endowments and it's like basically promises you make to God to live the right way. I, I guess yeah, that's how you'd explain it. Um, and you go through this whole ceremony and... Um, a lot of people think it's like this super spiritual experience. I thought it was weird and creepy. I don't know. I, ba- I about bailed. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah I was it's, like, it's weird. You, and you swear in your pot. You don't care. I don't give a okay. shit what you say on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's shit. Damn. Fuck. So whatever. So there's <laughs> a point, there's a point where they call it the washing and anointings mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, go ahead and strip down and, and, put, on, and put on this. They call it a shield. They put on the shield. And it's just basically like a what, like a what's, poncho. Poncho. It's, open on it's the got sides. like a hole on the top. We put your head through, and it just kind of goes over your the front and the back, and it goes past your groin, but not far. And they're like, "Hey, take you take your clothes off, and then take you strip down and put this on." And so I stripped down to my underwear, and they're like, "No, no, all the way." And I was like, "Say what?" Uh-huh. And you say? didn't know anything uh-huh. about this before. Nobody cause... warned me. No. Oh, well, they wow. they pushed not to talk about it. Yeah, because was, it's I, sacred. Is I was going to say a yeah. lot of. I think a lot of LDS people would find what you guys are talking about right now to be fully offensive. Oh, for sure. Because they, they are not. Um, well, that's the thing, them. though, is that they call they consider it, but they know they all would know that I'm telling absolute truth. Mm-hmm. They know that it's not, and that's part of it too. Is that I still. You know, I'm not openly, we'll, we'll joke around between us, but I'm not like generally like going out just to make fun of their religious beliefs, you know, but I don't believe in it. And it's, but it's, and I'm not even like giving the prayer, they prayers, they say where it's like, why is the process under, you know, I can't talk about what happens. Why the crap didn't somebody warn me beforehand? Yeah. Cause at least you would mentally have prepared for it, you know? Well, and before I went through, he did sit down with me and he's like, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be weird. He didn't love it his first time, like, you know, so that I wasn't as worried, but it's still... As caught off guard or yeah, something? Huh. Yeah. It still was a weird so process. Of- you had to go through twice? Um, well, so each thing they do, the first part's called the washing and anointings. Okay. And then the second part is your endowment. I guess maybe the whole thing is considering your endowments because you only have to... But then, just like anything in the Mormon church, you can do it for other people that are dead. Okay. And so, you could technically do washing and anointing again, but you, they would in the in the prayer they would say for and in behalf of someone else. So you're who's basically de- who's using dead. your physical body to stand in for somebody who's passed away. Okay. Yeah. And they do it for they do baptisms in the temple as well. Um, when you're 14, you can start doing those, and those are for someone who has passed away. You get like, baptized usually when you're relative. eight. Mm-hmm. No, well, then it's random. You can do. You can say, "I want to get baptized for my such and such." Like if your parents doing their genealogy found someone who wasn't baptized, yeah, you could go get baptized for them specifically. But yeah. then, otherwise, it's just a list of people. So that the church is keeping track of. 
how it how is the sealed in the temple thing? How does that start to work? So you, did you guys both go through on the same day after your wedding? So we went or... through. It takes time though too. It's not a super quick thing. Okay. Yeah. And so because I think we were in the, got married in the morning. Part of us I don't remember completely. We did. The, yeah. You, there wouldn't be time to do your endowments before. So she she did it before the day before. Oh, okay. Two days before. Two, two days before. Gotcha. Um, some of the temples can be really busy too. So you kind of. And then, so the, for the ceiling, that was just like the marriage ceremony, and so. You but you had... can once again, you can get sealed for someone else too that was came before. Yeah, gotcha. everything you do, you can do for someone who's dead. And so, if you're not sealed in the temple as an LDS person, don't they consider that to where you're not going to be with them in the afterlife? Isn't mm-hmm. that kind of a they? They don't really allude. They don't try and talk about it. They don't want to. They don't really know completely. Gotcha. They they kind of, they're like, well, you want your family to be together, but if your family are sinners, they're not going to be with you anyway. And that's whatever whatever performances you do won't pull them up from, you know, they talk about kingdoms. There's three kingdoms mm-hmm. and they they can't go up to see you. You know, you can go down, but they can't come up to... Yeah, that was just stupid because um, you could still go see him whenever you wanted. It's just, you are you in the same place? Around. Yeah, but basically, with marriage, they they purport that you are tied together for eternity and that you'll get special privilege. Basically, you're going to be gods, is what they're they're inferring and they're talking about. When you get married, you're going to have you're going to kind of do your own Jesus thing. Gotcha. <laughs> you're 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 gonna have a you're you're likely they don't say it specifically, but they allude to it that 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 was that's if you get married, but if you don't get married, then you can't do that, and you're just like an angel or whatever. And you can't go to the highest level. Okay. Yeah. That's I, the tippy top is being married. Yeah, I was I was baptized LDS, so neither one of my parents were they were from Mormon families, but when they're not practicing or anything, they don't push it on you. Right. But I remember some home teachers and some missionaries had come around and how they got our address or whatever. I don't know. Oh, they keep track. Church of yeah. records. They oh, know. they keep track. Yeah, they'll, they... ask, they'll ask your parents' family for their, for their, their address. Like I've had them call for, because I have a brother who hasn't been in the church for a long time. And like when we were still active, they would call our house and say, you know, oh, we need his new address so that we can send his records to his new oh, really? church. Mm-hmm. That, that must have been how they found me because I, I just remember them coming and it was like this great almost sales pitch they gave me as a child because mm-hmm. my parents were like, well, it's going to be up to you. They didn't push me either way. Right. And I just remember them sitting me down and I was seven at the time and it was, you know, you're going to get this golden key in your pocket and it's going to let you get into this kingdom and la di da da And then yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. I want to get great. I want to get that stuff. Like, I don't want to be in this. I can't remember what they said. Um, it's called Celestial Kingdom is the highest level. Is that the highest level? Yeah. And I can't remember what they said would happen to me if I didn't get baptized. Something like, was it like Outer Darkness outer where you darkness, go to wait or something? They part they of it literally is... wrote it out like a little, I remember he wrote a triangle and it was like this little spirit heaven thing. and We had laminated <laughs> things. Transmission. Really? We'd lay, we'd lay them out. <laughs> This is this is the path. This is what happens in life. This is where you'll go. Gotcha. And yeah, at, at seven, I was like, well, I don't want to end up not being able to go. And so. I don't want to not be with my friends and family. Like, right. Yeah. And so I got baptized. And then after the first, 
I got baptized. Everything was cool. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go home. I'm done now. And they're like, no, no, no. Now you got to start coming to church every Sunday. You're like, like, what? Wait a minute. I went to, <laughs> yeah, it was like, Three hang hours. on. Now, now I'm, I'm eight now because they don't baptize you until you're eight. I'm right. like, wait. This sounds like I'm going to school again. Like now I only get oh, Saturdays. And yep. that's what I was just about to say. I go to church with my mom, feel super uncomfortable in this large uh, auditorium area or the whatever, chapel. The, the chapel area. And I'm like, oh, this is some weird stuff. I don't know any of these people. I felt like there were prying eyes on us at all time because we were the newcomers. They're watching you. No. Dude, I'm not kidding you. I felt no, like really. I was like in the house of wax or something. Oh. And they're, <laughs> yeah, they're always eyeballing the new people. Yeah, and so and then they're I were, sizing you up. Yeah, and, th- and then you fit in after the chapel. They were like, "Okay, we're all splitting out to our classrooms or whatever." Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the hell?" And I went to like something called Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And I remember they gave me homework in Sunday school to do at home and bring back. This is just like school. And then that's what I was like. I was like, no, dude, I'm not doing this. I'm not about this. And the kids weren't very nice or welcoming either. And I just, I was like, this ain't for me. I'm kind of stepped away. And then I remember we missed like the next two sessions of church. And then the home teachers came back, not yep. the missionaries, but the home teachers. And they had a conversation with me. And I still to this day remember uh, it was an elderly couple and the male home teacher had told me, you know, Marcus, if we don't get you back into church and get your parents um, back in there and especially get your dad quitting his smoking and drinking habit and seal you guys as a family in the temple, you're not going to see them on the other side. How awful is that? Yeah, I I was like eight and that's and I was like. This is some major bullshit. So they, then I, they lay on the guilt. They're really good at guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I was like, you know what? Talked with my mom, told my mom what they said. And she was like, well, you know, we don't know. And I was like, no, I don't want to go anymore. And so then after that, I went into Boy Scouts. But then the thing I didn't realize at the time is Boy Scouts is intertwined with the LDS faith. Heavily. So then. I dropped right out of that. It, it is. Pretty quick. Well, it, in Utah, it absolutely it, is. It was, yeah. In in California, they had troops that aren't associated with Mormon churches. They did have some in Utah that are like that as well. But a handful For of them, the but... most part. Because yeah. I actually had a calling as a Cub Scout. Were you? Leader. So that, that was kind of a quick little synopsis oh. on how I fell out of it. What was your guys's like, age decision like how do you decide because you guys were adults and i don't find this a lot i find like teenagers and kids can fall out of religions pretty easily but where you have lived up to 23 24 25 years following this what was it for you guys that you started say hey she's better with a timeline i never remember so i was actually 29 and it was um when my mom passed away and that's when sorry (laughs) um that's when I started having a faith crisis is what they call it. And for me, it was, um, I was sitting in the hospital cause my mom passed away from sepsis and I was in the hospital and she had gone into cardiac arrest and it wasn't looking good. They had brought her back and she was on life support and I was sitting in, sorry, you're fine. I was sitting in the hospital bathroom And I was just praying, like, please do not make us make the choices of family to turn off life support. If it's her time to go, let her go. 
and don't make us make this choice. Um, because if you haven't been in that situation, at least for me, it still haunts me. And I can look at all the data and say, like, she wouldn't have wanted this. She wouldn't have recovered anyway. Like, we made the right choice. But then you hear stories about, like, somebody waking up after 10 years in a coma and um, where the doctors had told them that they weren't going to come out. And it just is like a punch in the gut. And so um, we ended up having to make that decision. And we turned off life support. And after that, I just really had a hard time and every night for probably two years I would just pray and say you know I need comfort I need to know that there is life after this that there is um something where I will be able to see my mom and my little sister again and I got nothing um no feeling of like comfort no feeling of Yes, this church is true. Yes, everything you've been taught your whole life will happen. That um, you'll see them again. Nothing. And I would go to church and I would hear all of these other people talk about how God answers our prayers. And how he has comforted them in their time of need. And all of these things. And it just got harder and harder. Because I started thinking, you know, I try and live a good life. I try and be a good person. Why isn't this happening for me? Why do they get their prayers answered and I don't? And like, like if there's any time you, you know, really needed a prayer answered like or needed needed something it. from God, that was it, right? Mm -hmm. And this entire time, like, you also hear lessons all the time about how people feel prompts that they needed to go talk to this person because they knew they needed help and all these things. And nobody in my ward... Like, we'd been in our ward for five or six years at this time, and nobody in the ward ever reached out, except they did bring dinner the week that my mom passed away, and that was it. And Is that so, the Relief Society or what? Yeah, the Relief okay. Society arranges that. And so it just, it really felt like the loneliest time ever in my life. And I had, I mean, we had our three kids at this point. They were like seven, five, and two. And so I stopped going because it just hurt more to go. And I just felt like I didn't measure up. Um, and so at this point, Lee was still going and he would take our kids and he would come back and we would have some arguments <laughs> about, you know, he'd be like, you really should still go. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I can't. And so. Even too, the people at the ward would be like, oh, where's Amber? Like she's at home. I'm like, well, tell her we miss her. And I'm like, tell them yourself. Tell her yourself. Yeah. It's still living in the same house. Dude, Stay dude, on the phone. Say the wards, contact. The wards in Utah are like three blocks square. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like they can't easily come over. and But they didn't. They Because it hmm. they weren't friends. it's very superficial. But so he went probably, he probably went still for a few years. After about I stopped. Two, about two years. Off and on, maybe three. So he was in his early 30s yeah. when he stopped going. Oh, gotcha. But so you were 29, 29 when your mom passed away. And, and then so like 31-ish when I stopped going. Well, you, 30, 31. You had said something that kind of struck me um, that you didn't feel like you added up. Mm -hmm. Like 
does that mean like you didn't feel like you were good enough to be in the religion and that's why you were being like your prayers were being ignored or what did you mean i when felt you... like you know if all these other people are feeling like their prayers are answered and they're getting comfort and all of that then they must be living better th- or be better than i am more deserving right okay. is what and that's a pretty common theme is they're really good at making you if there's a problem it's you and you just need to pray harder or serve read, people more. Read or the scriptures, read the scriptures more. more. Just they're, They do it all the time. Yeah. And so it was like everything that I'd been taught growing up to do. Like, because I was reading scripture. I was trying to find articles. I was praying. Like, none of it did anything for me. Like, and there, I feel like for me, there came a point where I'm like, well, if I go to church and don't get answers, or if I don't go to church and don't get answers... It's all the same. I just don't feel the pain of not belonging and not being good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so how is that for you? Because she's kind of losing her faith at this time and you're still, were you holding on or were you just thinking she'd come back around or? Um, I, I guess, I don't know that we ever, I think I probably assumed that she believed most of the beliefs. Mm-hmm. And um, for me it was. Absolutely, like there was no question. It absolutely was true, and so I just figured, well, she needs to do her thing, and if you know she'll come back around, and you know she'll deal with her mom's death, figure it out for herself, and you know come back. Yeah. So you went another two years before, at least a couple of years. You would take yeah, the kids. it's probably about three. And you, I take the kids every once in a while too. And Amber, you're still being supportive of him going to church. You're just choosing not to participate yeah um, but you were supportive like go do it i don't care um i did have because our daughter at that point was like around the time you'd get baptized mm-hmm. she was like eight and we didn't have her baptized when she was eight okay um she was nine right she was nine when we finally baptized her but um so i still was like yeah go whatever you know because i i thought that he needed to figure his own path out or, mm-hmm. you know, but the LDS church, it is kind of hard because the LDS church, usually if a couple is or are both LDS and then one leaves and one stays, usually it ends in divorce. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's, I'm surprised that it didn't end in divorce where you went two more years. Cause I, I've met quite a few people that on both sides of the spectrum where, you know, one will be faithful and one is lost. And it's like, and I'm actually um, actively kind of communicating with one now that I know that uh, his wife is very faithful and into the religion and he just isn't anymore. And he's like, I go for her, but I don't feel like I need even want to be there. And it's so uncomfortable and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So it's surprising that you guys still it's stuck pretty together. common that the leadership will tell you you should get divorced really because yeah. in order to get to that highest level you have to be still in the temple both active both both living yeah. the laws of the church so lee when did you decide to kind of step away was there something that struck you it was more it was actually more doctrine it was the you know um first thing i first thing that kind of was a crack for me is i'm like wait a minute my kids it was almost it was almost like not that church wasn't true. It was that this is a path. I thought there would be I thought there were different paths back to God kind of thing. And so I thought, well, my kids learn differently. They're really different people. So what if 
Judaism is one and Mormonism is one and, you know, Catholic is another and they all kind of do the same thing. I'm like, well, maybe they're, so that was kind of an initial. It's like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. You know, God by many names. It's, it doesn't, you know, I mean, even in death, near death experiences, they say you see the God that you were raised with, or you believe in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, which anyway, um, so I thought, well, maybe it's, maybe it's just different versions of it, but then it gets into like doctrine where you find out the church has changed things and you're like, wait a minute. And then you find, I mean, anybody who writes their own history, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're they're the going to make themselves look the best. And basically part of it is the, um, the internet really expose exposes it's more information. There's more, you know, and people are like, well, that's not the actual history of the church. The ones that, because we literally, when I was a kid, my parents had like 20 volume set of the church history. And it's like, that's not how it happened. You know what I mean? And so you find more, more of those things out. But, um, and then key doctrine, things that are, that are supposed to be, I mean, unchangeable. It's God. God doesn't make excuses. God doesn't change. Um, we found out that they changed stuff, that they changed things that are really important to the, the religion. And so it was like, wait a minute, this is like, on. there's multiple vi- versions of the first vision. Yeah. There's like, like, they said there was, there's like five that were written and seven total that other people wrote down too. where, and it's, they, it's like, I have friends who are like, well, that's it, you know, you know, a story would be different from different people. And it's like, yeah, but not the key components. There's versions where, it's just God. There's versions where it's God and Jesus. There's versions where it's God, Jesus, and another entity, which they say, oh, that's the Holy Ghost. There's, and it's like, not how many people are involved. I mean, what are you talking about? That's, that doesn't make any sense. And then there's all kinds of stuff, though, and theories and, you know. So yours yours came from a point of more an emotional cracking phase with the mm-hmm. church where you weren't getting your prayers answered and you were like, well, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know, sure. I've done my whole life and you're treating me like this and not giving me one ounce of anything. anything. And yours is coming more from, it almost seems like a, uh, a research Contradictions of itself. Yeah. Where you're finding things out about the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one that always gets me that, and I know all, all I think all churches, this is the, I mean... I don't try to go out there and attack people anymore. I used to be like staunch atheist and then Satanist. And I was like very anti-religion for the longest time. And now I'm just like, whatever you need to do to make yourself feel comfortable. But I also think churches change with the times a lot to kind of keep up with the world. And one of the ones with the Mormon faith that really got me was holding the priesthood, especially with African-Americans. I don't know how any people, I don't have any. Well, we actually met the first person the first african-american man to get the priesthood in i believe it was 78 he came through as a trainee yeah yeah i was gonna say i can't remember his name i remember him sharing that story though with us well tech okay hold on there but that's part of it too (laughs) so joseph smith and this is what one of the things you find out gave the priesthood to a black man back in the day and the other the other (laughs) 
leaders were pissed and said, nope, that doesn't count. And they, from that point on, there was none. So there technically was one or two back in the day. Gotcha. They got it, but then they halted that real quick. And then, but I mean, things like, and as you, when you grow up, because part of it is you're being fed stuff, right? You, and you believe your parents, but, and, and they kind of acted like the church was progressive and, oh, and, and we, and we gave the, pre, the, the blacks a priesthood and the, no, 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 it's really simple. They were going to lose, um, tax exempt status if they were racist with all the affirmative action stuff. Right. So that's why they, and it was after all the 19, you know, it was just what 65 with mm-hmm. all the, anyway, it was way late. They weren't, they weren't progressive. They were literally being forced to. And then it's so weird that the prophet suddenly had a revelation when they're being threatened to lose their tax exempt status that we should get blacks a priesthood. <laughs> so weird how that happens. Yeah, I that's one that's always just struck out to me. And there you can find them in all religions, but that one specifically I'm it's the like, same thing with polygamy. Really? Yeah. They weren't gonna get statehood if they they weren't gonna get statehood if they continued practicing polygamy. That's why they changed polygamy. Otherwise all of the all and it was all the upper leaders, you know, just like the FLDS, which is the polygamous groups. Yeah, they're the, the same way. Yeah, they they all they also practice polygamy, but it's only the leaders. They only get chosen. And so it's like Well but that's also one thing that kind of blew me away is when we after we left the church we found out that like growing up there wasn't a lot of talk about Joseph and Emma Smith having their own children and that kind of thing. It was kind of like weird hushed hushed. And it came out that after Joseph Smith died, there actually were a lot of fractions of twenty the church. seven churches. And one of the churches off. was actually started by Emma Smith and her sons. Oh wow. Yeah, and yeah. I believe that was the community of Christ. It the, was it, it's changed names a few times. Yeah. But. So it was kind of interesting to be like, Oh, that's another little like sweeping under the rug thing that they kind of hid. Yeah, yeah, and there, there's, and there's multiple of them, and like one that a lot of people don't know, and I think it's it's well swept under the rug is the Mountain Meadows massacre uh-huh. and all the conspiracy that goes along with the that. The church members know about it, but they don't ever talk about oh, it they, outside of the church. If no, they can help and it. most Utah people that I've come across and I talk to them about that, and they're like, "What is that?" I'm like, "You need to just go." do some reading and dig into it. Well, there were other ones as well, and I can't remember the names of the tribes, but there's been a couple of tribes where things like that happened. It wasn't just the one time. Yeah. And the Mountain Meadows Massacre is basically the Baker Furniture Company came through Utah. They were non-LDS coming through, and there's two versions of the story. The LDS people say that they were really rude and mean and crude to them. And, but they came through and went on their way and then got massacred by Indians down there. And then when the federal government came out to look into things, it found that, well, no, there were white men dressed as Indians. And then it came to, well, it was a rogue fraction of the Mormon church. It wasn't the Mormon church. It was these, but it's, it's really, all I can say is people's got to read into it because it's, I mean, so much history. And then you start to kind of there's the history books written by the Mormon people about it. There's the history books written by the anti-Mormon people about it. And then there's the history books written by just the people in the middle. <laughs> and right. you got to sift through that yeah. and find where you want to lie in it. But it, it, it was a thing that had happened. Um, so yeah, you have all these things that you're figuring out that are, you're questioning your faith was, 
there are moments. historical things too. Really? Like when they, 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 they always love to say, well, we were persecuted. Well, Joseph Smith is having sex with 14 year olds for one. And two, they do say he was just sealed to them. Yeah. Who knows? We, but, nobody will ever know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's, um, you know, the Mormon church will be like, no, no, he never had sex with any of them. He just, he just married. And they were nearly like, 15, not 14. That's how, yeah. Well, they also <laughs> say, they'll, they'll also be like, well, the average age of marriage in, back in those days was 16. It's like, <laughs> no. So, no, it wasn't. It was 22. But they say that. So it doesn't seem as weird, you know, that mm -hmm. he, he was interacting with 14, 14, 15, 16 year olds. Um, they also created their own money system different from the United States government. This oh, so their very in, own currency back when they were in, uh, was that Navu? Not Navu. Uh, there's New York and then Illinois. Okay. And they moved through a few areas. Yeah, they got driven out. Gotcha. And they go, we were persecuted, but they're doing things that have create attention and, you know, they move into a town and like take it over and the locals get pissed. It's like, oh, dude. Like everything that, all these reasons and all these things that you thought it was one reason. And it's just every time you turn, every time I turn around, it'd be something else. It'd be like, Oh, you know, even the decision they, they love and they even do every year. And I, I don't know about it in Utah, but in California that every year they do a pioneer trek and they like re kind of live making teenagers pull handcarts through the mountains I in California. I never do that as a kid, but there are words here in Utah that do that. Yeah. Which, which is even, I don't even mind like doing that, but they'll like make them wear pioneer gear and half of them are like passing like out from July in July and they're passing out from heat exhaustion and they actually had a female blisters and, and oh, wow. I mean, it's crazy. But part of it is with the hand carts, they didn't say that Brigham Young was cheap and didn't want to buy wagons. They just, they made people pull their own crap to wow. save money. That's it. That's why they have hand carts. It's not like. Wagons didn't exist because Brigham Young, they, they, we know Brigham Young wrote, wrote on a wagon. He didn't pull a can. <laughs> no freaking way. He was very, very ill when they came into the Salt Lake Valley. Like he, he was in the back of a wagon because he was so ill. Oh, wow. And they were pulling him. Yeah. Gotcha. He was not standing up. And he, it was bad. So it, was, it, was, it wasn't quite like Donner Party, but it wasn't quite it wasn't far great. off. It wasn't great. It was a super hard track. So when, when did you decide, did you just wake up one moment and say, there's too many things clicking in my head that don't click with this religion? No, there was one final thing that put the nail in the coffin. What was they, that? They call it, first off, they call it like the, your shelf breaks. They, they talk about, and Mormons are really good at compartmentalizing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but there was one thing for me that just because because they also there's a benefit and a negative to this but they're always like if the book of mormon is true then joe smith is the prophet if joe smith was the prophet then the book of mormon is true it's always tied it's always those two things if he was a prophet the book of mormon is true anyway so technically it will fall if neither of those things are true so i'm already going wait a minute a 15 year old and he's doing this and what like he's starting to look shaky mm -hmm. and then um the final nail in the coffin was my brother sent me a video about it was it's on YouTube. I think it's called um, the Book of Mormon itself is the is the worst example of of or like proves itself to be wrong. And basically, um, it was it's actually big data that proved the Book of Mormon or, or that. Well, let me explain. 
Um, they've been analyzing the Library of Congress. Google's been scanning all the books. Mm-hmm. And they've started to get into algorithms, right? And the algorithms uh, were analyzing literary patterns. And this company or this group of people put, looked at the Book of Mormon. So you could say, you could compare a book to all the other books out there, right? And so when you do that, there's two books that stand out. And like on the vertical axis is everything. It's not like the Book of Mormon. The bottom line is the Book of Mormon. So like the Bible is really similar to the Book of Mormon. I mean, the, the Book of Mormon quotes passages from, from the, the Bible. Because the they pretend that it came, that the, the Jews who, some of them, so basically like they, 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 they act like the Bible split, you know, at a point. Mm-hmm. And those then Jews left um, Jerusalem and came to America and took on a boat, sailed to America. Um, and there's a ton of information on like why that's not possible. Gotcha. Um, but for me, it was the Book of Mormon, and then the other scriptures that they have were very similar to the Book of Mormon, right? Same, similar the, language. Doctor of Covenants. Doctor of Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, blah, blah, blah. All those things are all real similar to the Book of Mormon. There's two books that have nothing to do with the Book of Mormon that were, they absolutely know were in schoolhouses and would be available. They were in every schoolhouse. Um, they'd be available to Joseph Smith as a teenager when he, quote, unquote, wrote the Book of Mormon or transcribed. They, they call it transcribed. Okay. But, um, and the one of them was the first book of Napoleon and the book of the Second War, I think they call it. And I, I think it was, and one of them was like the Revolutionary War in, in, the, in the format of like Old English. Hmm. And they say, and he did roundabout and blah, blah, blah. And they literally, the, the, in the video, they compared phrases from those books and the Book of Mormon. And they had like 150 to start with. There's, there's hundreds of them, though. And are these phrases that are basically the, plagiarism? They're so close that they say, they're, they're like doing the calculations. It's impossible. Because part of what the idea is that when you... Anything you read, so like they could take you and you could write like a five or ten page essay, mm-hmm. analyze that essay, compare it to all the books in the Library of Congress, and they could tell you what books you've read because gotcha. it becomes a part of your vernacular, right? Mm-hmm. So phrases that you use, common you know, common phrases that have showed up in that book become a part of you. And he <laughs> and I basically went, oh. He took those books, took the phrases and stories out of them, and added to it. I mean, he definitely, I mean, one benefit of it is growing up, even in California, like I understood Shakespeare even as a, even as a, in high school because I st- we read Old English all the time. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's the form that the Book of Mormon, the Bible, and all those are in. Yeah. And so... I could, I could, therefore, I say unto thee, the blah, 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 you know, and you can, I can, I still could, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what they're saying is that because he knew that he wrote the Book of Mormon and it's like, yeah, no, this is, this is not true. He absolutely ripped it off. He so it was, ripped off enough of it that it's like. It was that video there that you were just like, oh man, 
Did yeah. that feel weird at that moment for you to decide to make that actual decision? Like, I'm not part of this anymore to like take your life of now 32, 33 years and say, wow, I need to re-figure out who the hell I am. Yeah, it really, it really fucks with you. Because... It totally shakes you because everything in your life is based around the religion, your friends, your family, most of those connections, um, even like how you trust your own thoughts are wrapped up in that religious belief. I, when I when I realized it, my stomach just like dropped into my, or my heart dropped into my stomach. I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, oh fuck, this is, this is all bullshit. Yeah, I, I can only imagine what it takes to be someone of that age compared to me where I'm like eight and I'm like, oh fuck this, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I figured it out a little earlier. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was no big thing to me. It was like, whatever. Yeah. But for, to come up and see, yeah. and I've seen multiple people and other things I hear is it's very hard to walk away from the religion due to pressure. I don't oh, know how yes. it, for me, there was a little bit of that pressure there, but after we didn't answer the door a few times, they just left us alone. Well, it's like, I haven't gone to church in 15 years and I still have stuff showing up on my doorstep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have people well, showing up. Part of it is she didn't understand like how missionaries and how the church works. It's... It's about statistics. And so something happened where they came to see her and I'm like, oh, you answered the door and talked to him. And right? you were nice. And you were nice about it. And she's like, what? I'm like, they're going to start coming around now because they mark it down in their book that we, I mean, not even book. They put it, it's a computer system. They take, make a thing and then put a note in that says Amber responded positively to that. Oh, wow. And so they'll start hitting her to try to get her. This is like, oh, it's our chance to get back. It's like they totally have sales tactics too. You know, they teach them to you as a missionary. They're like, don't say, oh, when can we get together next? They say, would Wednesday at three or Thursday at four be better for you? Oh, like, don't give an option of no. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, the, it's it's a sales. It's absolutely they're good at sales, and they teach that to the missionaries, and you don't even realize it. But so, did you guys get a bunch of backlash after you? I mean, obviously, you kept going for two years, and then when you there left, weren't friends of ours, like in Utah, there I, I wasn't really friends with people in the ward. Oh, okay. So, um, it was... but I don't feel like I did because. Part of it is that people that know me would tell me, I'd just be like, fuck off, dude. I yeah. don't care. My worry, I think, was for my kids because there can be, it can be very clicky. And I didn't want my kids to be ostracized just because we weren't going to church. Mm -hmm. There are some people who, if you're not LDS, they won't want their kids to come over to your house to play because they're afraid of what you might teach their children, you know? Um, it's really different though in California. One of the things is, Nobody in California goes to church that doesn't want to. So everybody that's there is like kind of trying. They're like, whereas Utah is not that way because every. I'd say it's the opposite. Like most of the people that are there are going because it's pressure. They're expected to, and they and they just do it, and they don't really. A lot of them don't like I, I, in the elders' quorum, which is the last meeting. It's just the men and the priesthood meeting together. I would always interact because I thought it was I thought it was true, and I was always there'd be like three of us really talking to the teacher and you know interacting with the lesson and blah blah blah. And there's like seven guys in the back just on their phones, just not not giving a shit, you know? Because they're like, I have to be here. <laughs> they're there to my fit wife. The, yeah. <laughs> well, because in Mormonism, <laughs> if you neighbors. go to church, everything's okay. 
as long as they physically see you in church, then everything's great. You can beat the shit out of your wife and as long as you're going to church. I'm always working on it, you know. I mean, I'm not <laughs> kidding. It's that's really what it is. Um so you didn't you didn't suffer any major problems like um, you said because I've had my um I have five or four siblings and my parents, obviously my mom has passed away. Um, my dad and my one sister who are still LDS would give me a lot of flack. That's what I was about to go with next is yeah. in your ward, in your immediate neighborhood, you guys didn't seem to suffer a lot of uh, backlash or anything yeah. like that. But then I know people, families who have disowned members of their family for the simple decision of I'm not LDS anymore. Like insane. that's part of the, that's part of the mentality though in Utah. And I don't know if it's necessarily Utah. I'm sure it happened in California, but it's partially what kind of the, how the family works. My parents would never, they'd his, never disown over those types of things. They wouldn't. But his family has always been like, you have to live your own truth. Like mm -hmm. every man or woman has to find what they what is their truth in life and live that. And you've got to be your own person. That is something that your family pushed. Well, it's even weird. I actually say that Mormonism, the way they teach it actually makes it so you don't need it, which is they tell you, you can have a relationship with God without anyone else involved. You can have a direct relationship. And so, but if I have a direct relationship with God, and I'm going to have to stand in front of my maker and answer any questions about my behavior in life. Why would I obey what anybody says? Yeah. I, I, if I'm responsible for it and I can have this personal relationship with God, which a lot of the Catholics are like, you need the priest to talk to kind of talk to God. It goes through them and the, all the, you know, mm -hmm. but Mormonism, no, you, you can have a, oh, you can have a personal relationship with your, with your Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Hmm. And it's like, well, if I can have a personal relationship and I'm the one responsible for it, why do I need you? Yeah. I have what, what I need. So in my opinion, it kind of, anybody who really. I don't think really, a lot of Mormons believe that way, though. I think a lot think of Mormons it. think it comes from God, prophet, trickles on down, and then you get your info. Gotcha. Well, no, they, they talk about, yeah. oh, you're leaders. But at the end of the day, you, they, I'm, what I'm saying is those two principles are absolutely truth and taught yeah they don't put it together mm -hmm. <laughs> you know they still go oh well because i mean we would we would they'd be like they basically say any any um position or or thing in the church that they ask you to do you should say yes and i was like no 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 i believe they're required to ask but it's up to me whether i say yes and if i'm overloaded I'm going to say no. Yeah. And you're referring to like uh, volunteer work at like jobs, jobs in the things. church, like yeah. a teacher or bishop or, oh dude, that's poor bishops, man. The crap they got to oh, deal with. The state oh. president. They have no, they have no. no training as far as like psychological or anything, but everybody tells them their sins every week. Mm -hmm. All the time. You're supposed to confess. They know who's beating their wives and kids. They know who's having affairs they know all of it all of it dude. oh yeah and you know? were they a big part of and i don't know if they're doing this anymore but kind of instrumental on like suggesting conversion therapy and stuff back in the mm -hmm. days if they would yeah. come out and say my son's shown gay that tendencies was passed, that was passed down from the upper authorities though, yeah. too. wow the ones but they that's why even the fbi always recruited out of the mormon church a bunch too is because Mormons will fall in line with their leaders. Well, and they could pass the no drugs, no drinking kind of stuff. <laughs> no, and no, no arrest the, records. The history, yeah. No, 
squeaky yeah, they're clean. like primed to go into the FBI. <laughs> so back to your question though. So like my my dad and my sister would be like, you need to take your kids to church and da da da, and it would tick me off. And so finally my sister said like, you need to take your kids to church. And I'm like, you know what? I don't tell you not to take your kids to church because there's a lot of things that the LDS church is teaching your kids that is harmful in how they interact with other people. Mm-hmm. I said, so stop telling me to take my kids or I'm going to start telling you to stop. Yeah. And that was the last. That of was it. the last of it. Mm-hmm. She she was like, <laughs> Did you guys have a, like a, cause I, I didn't have like, I, I went from Mormon to, Satan, love Satan, worship <laughs> Satan to atheist to don't give a shit anymore, yeah. don't care. And I always tell people, I because be- I used to work at a cemetery, I'm like, I buried so many different faiths that oh, yeah. the one concrete thing I can tell you is everyone I've buried thinks their God is true. Oh, for sure. So I don't know how anyone can concretely say, no, I'm the right one. Because I'm telling you, I've buried over 50 religions. From the weirdest thing to watching a guy's arm get buried into the ground to where he was going to be buried with it later. Oh. To some African faith where they were in loincloth, no no casket, no nothing because that's their faith. And, you know, the straight up white people to the Polynesians who have the best funerals ever because they're it is like... a party. They, dude, they are. <laughs> a lot of roasted pigs. Yeah, yeah. it's... I mean, well, and, even, and they would invite us over like, you know, they mourn really hard, but they are also like very celebratory as well in their culture. And man, they would like, hey, come have some food. It's like, okay. Well, but they also <laughs> have like picnics and stuff. Like yeah. even after the burial is done and everything, like they'll go back and have picnics on their loved ones. Grave oh yeah, and, like, totally. Talk to them as if they're still here right and so that that's that was the one thing and i was doing that job when i was like 18 19 that i was like okay i i don't believe in any of this because i don't think anyone knows what the hell is going on right um but did you guys have like a a moment where you're like okay we're not mormon anymore or we're not following this lds faith we need to find something else or did you guys just kind of go to the wayside the only one time is when the earthquake happened (laughs) he's like like, oh shit did we go the wrong way i'm like yeah when that i mean the house was shaking right and i was like like, what if we were wrong i'm like oh shit is jesus back did we did we guess wrong oh my god it's so funny that you say that because i was sitting it uh by uh I'd come out of this little portable. The portable started shaking. Oh, you were in the portable at that time. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I came out. It was like a 1960s the, portable, just for people who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like it's one like of the oldest ones in the district. Very rough. Flimsy. <laughs> it shakes when people walk. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tell it out of there, and I'm on the ground, and the ground's still shaking. And we have this old chemical plant in the back that hasn't been used for anything in a long time, but... I guess they had some float tanks or something back there that still had their alarms hooked up. Oh. So those started doing air raid sirens. So it was Holy like, crap. Ah, and the ground shaking. I'm like, it's a bad day to be an atheist, man. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> I think a lot so of people it, were like, please. Dude, it was COVID. They shut everything down. Then this earthquake, I was like, we're done. I'm done. You're like, here it is. Jesus is showing up. <laughs> they had it right. Dang it. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I was absolutely, I'm not going to fall for anyone else. I just, when you step away from it, really, you start to see that, one, it's a method to control people, right? And I'm not going to, if anybody, if I, I could even see, like, a church that's like, hey, be the best version you can, 
but as long as they're not like we need your credit card, then it's probably more legit and they actually might actually care about you. And yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, things even more you find out when you step away from it, you're like, whoa, that's kind of that's pretty culty or, you know, the kind of brainwashing songs. I mean, there's some hymns that are really beautiful, but there's a lot of them where you're like, you listen to some of the primary songs and it's like, follow the prophet, follow the prophet. He knows the way, you know, you're like, Whoa. and it's just repeating it over and, then, and over. And but over. also when you see all these little kids, there's like the primary group of like 80 kids and they're all singing it. And you're just like, huh, this is a little creepy. Yeah. yeah. You, just those things. And so, but I basically, I mean, we, into, um, we, I'm taught my kids. I'm like, this is BS. This is why it's BS. This is a form of control. This is a form of, you know, manipulation. This is, you know, using guilt to try to get you to do things and try to threaten you with not being able to see your family. I'm like, that's all even, especially to when you pull back, it's like even stories from the Bible, you know, I don't know if you've ever read many of them, but, um, there's one where King David, he's a, he's the king in Jerusalem, and and and, and uh, you when you analyze the story, the story goes he um, was supposed to fight another army, and supposedly God talked to him and said, "Just don't worry about how big your army is. If I'm with you, you'll win." And so he went and counted his army, and in the story they say. God sent a plague through his army and killed half of them. And, and then King David was like, what, what the heck? And God's like, if I'm with you, I'm with you. And he's like, okay. And he went and fought and they won. Mm -hmm. But they just kind of gloss over the fact that like 250,000 soldiers died to teach one idiot King a lesson. It's like, what kind of God, it, what, what, well, yeah, and I've I've my always, life means so little that you're just gonna really. I I've always looked at the the Western religion of like Catholicism, Christianity, everything like that. Anything that's has God and Christ involved in it, I've always looked at it as God, if he's real, is a really angry kid in a sandbox. And when things don't go his way, he fucks it up and says, screw you. He takes my ball and I'm going home. It doesn't sound yeah. mature or healthy. Yeah, especially no. Especially the Old Testament. I mean, Jesus, he's hanging out with liars and, you know. He's turning water to wine. And in general, he seems like a pretty decent character, right? Mm -hmm. In general. But yeah. then... Everything that came after in his name, quote unquote, it's like, what the fuck, man? Why would he allow them to use his, you know? Yeah, and and that's me. I never found a religion that like even remotely clicked with me. I tried to get into um, Buddhism for a little bit because I was like, there's a quote out there from Buddha that's like something like, don't believe me because I tell you to believe me because you feel it or something. I was like, oh, I can get on board with that. But even as it's I started. technically not considered a religion, though. Is it? Yeah, uh -huh. there's, no, there's no central leader. I mean, they Buddha, but he's not like worship me. Yeah. He's just like. More like a spiritual path or something. Kind of just even a way of life. Yeah. Even when I got in, like, was trying to get into that, I was like, eh. My brother, you know, my brother latched on to Buddhism. But he? it's But that's the thing is Buddhism is not. They're not asking for, I mean, there are local Buddhist temples and whatnot mm -hmm. and that'll, that might say, oh, you know, if you can donate, cool. But at the same time, even Buddhism wouldn't be like, you have to pay your tithing, you're not getting into heaven. That's like so 
foreign, you know, to even their methodologies and philosophies that that's like ridiculous. Yeah. I, and it's funny you mentioned that we didn't even bring that up. Um, that was another thing that always struck me as so strange and I'm not very educated in other religions and their requirements of their members, but like I know, uh, Catholicism, they pass around the basket that people put money in or whatever. Um, but in Job's uh, witnesses are really hardcore too. Yeah. And in, in the LDS faith, I remember that there's, um, tithing or whatever. They come around the neighborhood and collect tithing. Right. Yeah. And then there is, well, that's on fast. That's fast offering. Mm -hmm. Okay. So only once a month, my, my dad would give to that. My dad was this guy would sit out there and drink beer and talk to the missionaries and smoke cigarettes and just <laughs> bullshit with them. And so they would keep coming around. He enjoys their company. Right? Yeah. And most of them are just, it's, they're just kids. They're kids. Like, they yeah. And he never, yeah. he was never mean to them. He was always, a, Hey, yeah, no, I'm not going to church, but yeah, he have offered them beer once. Um, but yeah. Uh, t- is it 10% of your, well, see, that's one of the things that changed. <laughs> so it used to be, they, it used to be technically 10% of your increase, right? So, like, basically, and, and it used to not be money. It started out with, like, kind of Chickens made, kind of made sense. Like, mm-hmm. if you, so if you were a farmer and you had chickens and you needed a certain amount of money to, to survive. So, if, like, <clears> you needed $50,000 a year, they would consider your increase anything above that, right? So, kind of your operating cost for any, even a normal person has it, right? Mm-hmm. So, they'd say 10% of your increase. So, let's say you made $70,000, they'd only want 10% of 20000 Because oh, okay. if your operating cost is 50, they only want, then they change it to 10% of your net income of what you take home. So, like, but then they figured out people are paying less because. My parents, my parents like never paid taxes, you know, because my dad um, ha- always had um, businesses and you can, had a ton of write-offs. So he technically didn't hardly pay anything. So if he didn't pay taxes, then if, 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 his, if his income was zero, technically from the, you know, by the U.S. Yeah. government standard, he wouldn't pay any tithing. But so they changed it. So like, so they basically changed it multiple times to make sure they can get as much as they can. They finally were like, 10% of your gross income. Now, were you guys pl- paying your tithing? No. Um, you guys never did that? We would much. pay if somebody was going to be getting married and so that we could get our recommend. Oh. Because they if ask you're you, not paying, you then you don't get it. Gotcha. Yeah, they ask you specifically, are you, you a full tithe payer? Oh, wow. So there Every, were periods in our yeah, life where we did. Like, we, I mean, and I hate that, to say that it was calculating, but we would. We'd be like... Huh, so and so's wedding's coming up. We better start paying our tithing. Yeah. Yeah. And so they then we get our we get our recommend and they they're not like hardcore, not like from the beginning of history. They're not gonna make you pull out all your tax returns. <laughs> and, but kind of if you pay it for a couple months, six months to a year, um we usually like we we see a wedding coming up, so we start paying and then then when they ask you the question, you're like, mm, sure. Yep, I am. Kind so. yeah, full time payer. Now, where but does that tithing money go? Who knows? Or does it... Because I know... I do know... And Their one books thing, are closed. So Are they? Yeah. One thing I will say about their faith system is they seem to be very uh, uh, charitable to their members. They have those... They're not. No? They're not. Sorry. They seem like they are. But like if somebody requires assistance, say with food, they make you pay your tithing. 
And then depending on your bishop, it's kind of, they call it bishop roulette. Some bishops are very kind. Some are kind of not. Um, some bishops require that you bring your financials in and they will go through all your financial information um, and they'll give you suggestions about like, well, you have this nice Mustang. You need to sell that. Um, and then they'll also send in some bishops will send the Relief Society president into your pantry and kitchen. Um, and then they'll to look assess at what, your... to assess your need. Oh, okay. And then it's pretty humiliating, I think, for a lot of people. And then they'll say, well, you can get these items from the bishop storehouse or um, we'll... Although, donate this amount. On top of that, they have their members go and work at the Bishop Storehouse for like canning. Like, we, there's several canneries in Sacramento, and, mm -hmm. and we would go, the members would go work for free to can in a cannery, but then they still assess. It's not like you give, you know, gotcha. they still were like weigh what you deserve pretty, and yeah, blah, blah, pretty, blah. pretty calculated. Well, and still. there's a lot of, like, even there was just an article in one of the newspapers about like, or one of the news stations in their comment section. And of course, the LDS people are going to be like, oh, they give millions and they donate all these hours and da da da. Well, it's all of their missionaries count their hours as donated time. Mm. Um, and then. Well, they, they count all the missionaries' time to their donated hours. Right. And then the dollar amount that they give, if you are volunteering um, for the church, they count you as $30 an hour of volunteer time. So they take basically your volunteer hours times it by $30 an hour. They're paying them pretty good. That's better than I make. <laughs> well, no. And then they write that as part of the donation. Yeah. Wow. So like if you go and do, you know, an hour, they would say, oh, well, that's $30. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's a very ridiculous. calculated and uh, almost like accounted way of oh, very doing much things. So. I, that, you that don't get to a billion dollars in your bank account without. No, no, no. Hundreds. <laughs> Is that what the church net worth is billion now? dollars. Yeah. They own, uh, they're one of the largest landowners in, if not the largest landowner in Florida. Like oh, they wow. have farms and everything. Like oh, I didn't they know own that. a lot of land. They oh, have, dude. um, they have their church business. Well, I don't want to say, they wouldn't say business, but basically their church, uh, books. And then the church also owns businesses, owns businesses like city Creek mall. They have like a real estate firm. They have, they have so law firm. Many. They have are all they these other are things. all these businesses tax exempt too or no? The business side is not, but the church, the church side obviously is because yeah. all churches get tax and they try and say like none of the tax or none of the tithing money is used for the business portion, but everything that the church originally owned was tithing. So at some point there has been. A crossover. Um, a crossover of funds somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, they also one of the things they that, also play the stock market. Another thing that they. They, they go, oh, we have unpaid ministry. And yeah, so from the church level, the bishop and the stake presidents aren't paid. But then the general authorities, which there's 250 around, mm -hmm. they all get about $250,000. It's it's a range, but they get anywhere, anywhere from like one hundred and fifty to like $300,000. Almost like a politician and would. No, 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 they call it a stipend. It's their living stipend. It's their living, living stipend. Because many of them are many of them are retired doctors mm -hmm. and they're or retired businessmen. Or lawyers. And it's really not that much money for them. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Well and the other thing is they'll get put on boards. So like they'll get put on boards of companies that the church owns, or they'll write church books with like a ghostwriter, so then they'll get the royalties from that. Or they find it is kind of like a politician where you find different Ways avenues of money funneling to money to bring that money in yeah 
Wow. So they're, they're and, not And the hundred billion came from someone inside the church. That it leaked it out? Leaked it. Oh, wow. So it's legit. There's it's slowly true. been different things being leaked out. Yeah. So people are like, because yeah, they see it and they're like, wait, what the fuck? We yeah, they're like, this isn't billion okay. dollars? Well, and I always kind of, sometimes I do question their um, their stats on their membership too, because they- They stop quoting They stop it. saying- Oh, have they? Because they start, start dropping. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember for a while there- I had looked into actually getting my, and I still haven't. My name is on the books yeah, as so Mormon. Um, I just haven't had the, you know, even the willpower to go say, hey, remove my name. But I know well, now some, you have to get like notarized. Like you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to do it now. That's what I, what I heard is yeah. at one time people were having to hire attorneys to There's, get their names removed. I don't know if it's that hard anymore. It is. There's actually. It's I gotten remember, harder. I can't remember the name of the website, but there is a website where you can go and it's basically an attorney who volunteers time mm-hmm. um, and they will basically do the process for you and all but that. With, with the internet, because it was easier at first and they, they were doing like, people were doing bulk resignations, they had 10,000 people resigning at one time. The church is like, oh, we got to put a stop to that. Yeah. But they stopped, they stopped quoting their numbers and because they used to quote in general authorities or I mean the general conference. They'd say, um, oh, yeah, we had so many new members this year. We had so many new temples and church buildings being burnt. Now they don't quote it because it was dropping. Wow. They don't want to illustrate, but it's the Internet. The Internet doesn't help them at all. Yeah, and I think I think one thing is not, not only um, the LDS faith, but faiths far and wide. I Are think, having issues. I think the human psyche is waking up to organized religion and kind of seeing, like you said, with the internet, like, is this all just a bunch of hocus pocus? Well, and I think it's, they're doing damage to themselves because I think people are finding out about, you know, all the abuse cover-ups and all of that. Oh yeah. You want to get into that one. I mean, I'm not just saying like, Oh, LDS has their things. Look at the uh, Catholic church and the abuse that they've gotten away with. Yeah. It's just, insane but i think moving, a lot of moving priests around like, yeah like, like you know there's an issue and you're just like and, oh, we're yep. gonna shuffle them over here and not to shuffle the them problem. over here to now abuse this group of people and so i think a lot of people are like hearing more and more of these stories coming out and you have a very hard time sitting there in church listening to some priest and then you're kind of questioning like well is he one of them or you know yeah what's, or, what's this guy up to what are they hiding yeah i i couldn't agree more and i think that's a huge thing that's a movement just not not like a calculated movement or a movement with the leader but just a general awakening of the people i would agree days. because i mean like the lds church used to have a big growth i don't know if you'd call it a growth cycle but it used to be you know you would have kids and all your kids would get raised in the church and then your kids would baptize their kids and so it would just continue to grow and spread out and now i think that's very much shrinking like if you look at my family and his family um, I have four siblings. So there's five kids in both families. And in my family, one sibling is all the way still in. One is kind of in. And then the other three of us are out. Out. And, uh, and all, all, all of his are out. out. But my parents, they they separate the doctrine from the church, too. Gotcha. So, so the culture one, one and the doctrine. Compartmentalizing, right? Mm-hmm. But they separate it. So they go, well, the Book of Mormon is true, but the church is, you know. Kind of run amok. Yeah, it's not, God wouldn't be happy with them either kind of thing is what my dad will say. It's like, whatever, dude. (laughs) Whatever gets through the day. And I mean, part of it too is that he, 
it wasn't being harsh, but he'd, he'd say it. And he always had a phrase. He'd say, oh, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I'm like, look, any principle that makes sense that's taught in the church, I'm not letting go of that. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, but the Book of Mormon isn't any more true or more important than Harry Potter. You mm-hmm. know, you can get as many good inform good information and tales that you learn from out of that book as you can the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Break. Yeah. No, I I think you're right. I think when people, well, when you break it down that way, yeah. It's just another book, is the way That's... I look at it. But I mean, part of it is like. You know, they people they talk about in the in the in the doctrine kind of oh people learn line upon line and precept on precept and the and they do and that's how things work as you you build a little bit at a time here and there, but you know, yeah no and I don't it, it it's because the missionaries would come over and they'd be like oh why don't you think why don't you at least send your kids to church and I'm like because I don't want to have to help them I don't want to have to unlearn help them unlearn the things in the church that are bad and they're like well what. And I'd just illustrate 10 or 15 things and they'd be like, okay, well, we're going to go now. None of your children ended up going into the LDS faith at all, right? Ashton Um, was the only one that was baptized, but none of them ever really didn't go. None of them actually went. Ever wanted to go one time because he liked a cute girl. And And we kind of sat him down and we're like, okay, you guys aren't really going to talk in church. Even though you're there for three hours, you're going to be separated. And, you know, we just Mm -hmm. like, but if you want to go, go. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, you guys have never actively kept your kids away from any faith. No, if they want to go, they absolutely can. Our daughter daughter Ashlyn had studied, you know, a lot of different religions and whatnot from college. And she's, I mean, like, do whatever you want. Yeah. And now she's the religion of World of Warcraft. (laughs) There you go. Although now it's Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah, that's what she was saying lately. (laughs) Because their their price is cheaper or something? Whatever. Yeah. All hail thrall. Well, oh. we just try and raise our kids to be like, be a good person, be kind, you know, treat others how you would want to be treated, that kind of thing. And, do you still yeah. have any friends that are LDS? I do. And yeah. that works fine for you guys? Um. Yeah, you just try not to swear around them. No. Well, I always <laughs> swore nice. anyway. Yeah. I sw- I, I, I'd say whatever I wanted as far as swearing, I wouldn't use God and, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus' name in vain, but... Um, and I still won't do that, but j- around them generally. And I, have to, I tell my kids, I'm like, okay, dude, you got to stop swearing so much because you're going to be on grandma and she can't, oh, she can't take that. Yeah. So you need to, and, and I'm yeah. also too, it's like at a workplace, I'm like, you need to be able to control yourself enough not to swear all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get back on board with that because I'm terrible. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to, but no, we don't, we won't. That's part of it. It's like, do we study what you want? Look at what you, you know. Well, we're also trying to kind of raise our kids to be like, you know, you got to find your path and live your path. And yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's kind of how I've come to formulate my views so far in life now is like I said, I used to be like, I remember when I was like 16, I was like, Satanism, uh," you (laughs) know. And that's all just a philosophy anyway. It's like people always think that's a... Ooh, well, but even it's Satanism like, has some good tenets like... It, oh, it's, harm. all of it is. It's just a... It's not even... It's not even really worshipping Satan. It's No, just, yeah. it's all about... It's a philosophy. It's not really a religion itself. Right. And what made me fall off with Satanism is you get into the one book, which is the Satanic Bible, and then you get into the Satanic Rituals. 
and they get into their kind of hokey pokey magic stuff and it just reminded me of like dungeons and dragons and role playing <laughs> and i was like i'm not about this life so then you're like nope that's when i went to like being just a total atheist and that was around the time i was working at the cemetery and i used to like I loved debating religious people to try and prove them wrong. I love right. getting in arguments and stuff. And to me, it's like not even worth it now. Yeah. It's like, I like understanding why people believe in what they believe. And I like questioning them, but I'm not out to prove them wrong anymore. Like, no, this is why. Right. It's like, if it helps you, it helps you. I will, however, step in. And when I see what I would deem a, uh, a front on someone because of their religious beliefs like oh they're gay so they're a son of a you know like yeah. no you're wrong yeah. get out of here with that crap yeah. you know but i don't go out of my way to like prove people wrong or anything anymore well I, I won't even i mean i've had mormon friends and i'm they're like so why'd you leave the church and i'm like i don't want to tell you because i don't i mean there's a lot where if one of the if you leave the spouse, if you leave the church, a lot of other, your spouses will leave, you know, if you leave the church, they, they're out, they'll bail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to fuck up your life. So if you really are hungry, I'll talk to you about it. But you, me talking to you about it is dangerous. Oh, if they come to you in like a, like a position of like, root that they want you to, if really they really explain, want to, I'll talk to them, but I'm but, not going to casually talk about it. Gotcha. It can really, it can screw up your life, man. Yeah. And, I mean, even so, it's like we talk about her dad, Amber's dad, and saying, well, what's on the line, right? What's on the line? What What is, and for him, it's it's joined to her mom. So if the church isn't true, he's not going to, because I mean, the, the Mormon church teaches that you're going to see with him and be with her after this life, and she was the love of his life. And well, and so, it's not just the mom, it's his daughter. Yeah, it's, his daughter who passed. He also like had a year um, old two siblings that died when he was young and like his parents are both gone now. And so that's what he has siblings. on the line. So he's not, there's no way he could ever leave. There's no way he could, his mental mentally, he could leave the church Yeah, because he would have to not just admit that I, both my parents are alive and I've never, I haven't lost, I've lost aunts and uncles and obviously grandpas, but mm-hmm. grandmas, grandmas, grandpas, grandmas. Um, that's not the risk for me. Right. Even my father who's written, several books on Mormon theology, he has to admit those are BS and mm-hmm. stupid and full of shit and a waste of time. And it, he would have, he'd have to admit in his seventies that his, that his life was a waste because he spent so much time and effort thinking and talking and worrying and. Well, yeah. And you had just talked about that kind of about yourself when you were in your thirties, it was, you know, your, you said your heart dropped in your stomach when you came to the realization that, you know, this isn't, what I thought it was. This is absolutely not true. It's just another, it's just another yeah. guy's. So I can only imagine. Another dude's form of manipulation and a way to make money and a way with, to fuck <laughs> yeah. chicks, right? I yeah. mean, that's, that's well, what. Well, and also, <laughs> coming to that realization, the closer you are to the grave, I think would be way harder too. Because yeah. Because you're like, oh, crud. I totally think so. Now and it's more bleak. And your dad's still alive? Yeah. And yeah, so that, that would be tough because he would have to kind of sever that idea of seeing his mm-hmm. wife again or things of that nature that would be it's i don't even think it's worth it. it no he no. can't mentally but i mean like you said too if like if those things bring you comfort then isn't Keep that a value isn't that a value to think that you will and i don't know i mean i've studied too a lot of the near-death experiences and you know and just read about them and 
And I've, I've decided that it's just your brain releasing DMT and you just basically go into this like hallucination state when you're, when you're dying. And mm-hmm. that's why you see things that you see because they've reproduced it with pilots when they pass out. Oh, okay. Cause when the brain, when the brain loses consciousness, it releases DMT. And so several pilots, when they put them in those really hardcore G machines, mm-hmm. they, they constantly have near death experiences. Wow. And they're not dead. They, they're monitoring them to make sure they're, you know, nothing's wrong with them, but they're always having them. So in my opinion, that's what all that, that resolves what near death experiences are. See, and for me, I think, I hope there is something after this. I'm not going to say absolutely there isn't or absolutely there is. I hope. Yeah. I hope there's something after this live. But I don't think. I don't really know. I've, I've, and I could change because I find that I've changed about every five years. The older you get, the more you will. It, dude, it's just, <laughs> it's almost like a scientific thing that's like every five years, I was reading this thesis paper or whatever that every five years people's personalities change a little bit and you're i mean you don't change totally as a human being but you do change i mean just like physically change you mentally change and right now hormone hormone levels change all that yeah yeah it's all right now i'm in this plane of existence to where i i I think that the idea of nothing happening is just as ludicrous as the idea of like something concretely happening. Mm. Cause I'm like matter and things never gets destroyed energies and things like that. I think something has to happen with us when we die. I don't think it's just lights out. It might be lights out for our consciousness, but I'm like starting to believe in the like, alternate Are you dimensions and on shit <laughs> no I, and yeah no i just well and i think there's a lot of stories of like there's too many stories of people seeing ghosts or having like different experiences or even like i was watching a show where this little like little kid like five-year-old kid had these experiences where he felt like he didn't belong and he's like no i i used to make movies and, da, da, da. and so they went to like they found him this book and he was like, that was me. And we had all these parties and he's telling all these stories about like from the 1950s, you know? So I think there's too many stories like that where this little kid had so many details, but um, there's too many weird little things like that for me to be like, oh no, there's nothing after this life. Yeah. The idea to think that there's absolutely nothing to me is kind of insane, but yeah, it's just as insane as thinking you go to a three kingdom collab system, whatever out there in the universe, you know, yeah. that's insane and nothing's insane. I think it something's There's in something between, in between yeah. them. I honestly lean towards like, like what you're kind of what you're talking about. And it's, it seems dumb to say this, but I think like, um, it's probably, I, I imagine it's closer to, um, um, avatar where they're like kind of a, they talk about awa the general kind of like a general consciousness that we rejoin that we we leave that and you know originally and then we go back to it at the end and so it kind of is a a way of rejoining you know type of thing so yeah and i've i've who knows what that would look like but i have never been under 
um, like, what do they call it? Ayahuasca or whatever that drug that they're using a lot now for spiritual journeys and things and DMT and DMT. And a lot of the people that do those, they, they come back with like very concretely not being afraid of death anymore is one thing they always say. Because you have ego death. Yeah. And their, their trips that they experience are kind of similar. A lot of them in yeah. an aspect of this love and this weird stuff. So I, sometimes I wonder if our brain is like blocking out this other thing that could be out there. Well, one of the people we know, he did was it ayahuasca. Anyway, he he said that like he basically saw everybody had kind of a tether and you all were tethered together and it came from your the top of your head. And so it was kind of like this consciousness of one and everybody that was doing I think it was ayahuasca that he was doing. But he was like everybody that was doing it was all tapped in the same vibe and everybody was tapped in the same like yeah. main I there's too system. many weird experiences too. I mean, I I've had several weird mm-hmm. experiences that um and the funny thing is the Mormon church co-ops them. So if you ever have an experience, they'll be like, "Oh, oh, oh that's 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 a That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Oh, that proves the book of Mormon is true." And I'm like, "Cuz I was on my mission and I was riding down a path. It was cold outside and I, I, it was through a school, but the school there, it was like on a Saturday, no one was there. And I, and there was a, there was a fence. So I won't totally discount that there wasn't somebody on the other side of the fence. But as I'm riding, I hear someone say, stop. Clear as day. It's just like, I just said it. Stop. Mm-hmm. I just put on my brakes and I stopped. And my mission companion goes flying past me, hits a sheet of ice, bails. Book of Mormons go all over the road. He, t- you know, his clothes are totally, he, he was okay, but he totally bailed and wrecked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, it would, what, would, what, would, what was I perceiving? Was I perceiving that the road was icy? I couldn't tell. It didn't look like it was icy. But I went and go picked up his Book of Mormons and backpack and walking back to the, to the apartment. And I go... Um, did you hear a voice that said stop? And he's like, yeah, but I ignored it. <laughs> and I'm like, and in, in Mormon circles, they're like, oh, oh that, that, that's, that proves the book of Mormon is true. Joseph is the prophet. I'm like, no. And so I like had to reanalyze all my experiences in life. Ones that I consider were spiritual that per- said, you know, like, wait a minute. So the voice didn't say stop because the Book of Mormon is true. It just said stop. stop. And I don't know what the, I mean, was it an ancestor? Was it a friendly spirit? Was it someone on the other side of this, this you know, ivy covered fence that, that who, who the freak knows? I don't know. But I'm, that's the point is that nothing is without being examined. Nothing is. Everything can be examined. Everything can be looked at. And that's what I teach my kids, too. It's like everything that you do, every, there's nothing that's so sacred in this world. We can't ask why, what, what does it mean? Is it funny? Is it stupid? Is it Is whatever? It Is it true? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had an experience when I was younger that always made me question, like, the spiritual realm. I think I told you that story when I used to live in that house by Copper Hills. Mm. And I would seen that spirit or whatever it was i don't think you did so <clears throat> i i i i went to the copper hills high school and i lived right across the street from copper hills high school right across from their uh football field i mean grizzly way main road my house copper hills high school right right so 
I had um, this vivid experience where I woke up at three o'clock in the morning in my room and my room was really warm, like oddly warm. And it was probably like February at this time. And the heat wasn't, my parents were very conservative on uh, heating and cooling and things like that. So I'm like, man, my room's hot. What the hell? And I look over at the alarm clock and it's three o'clock. I'm like, I need to try and go back to sleep. And I swear, I close my eyes and I open them again. And all of a sudden it's six o'clock. And my door has gone from being closed to being wide open and the hallway light is on. And there is this figure in the doorway. And I stare at it and I think it's my sister. But my eyes are kind of fuzzy because I'm still kind of just trying to wake up. You know how that is where you pull that goop and everything. So I yell. I yell, Candace, turn the fucking hallway light off and shut my door. I still got 30 minutes before I have to be up to go to school. Just stands and stares at me. So I'm like, fuck what? I get up out of bed. I was like, Candace. And this figure turns and starts heading down the hallway. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? I'm like, still thinking it's my sister. I'm like, you fucking bitch. (laughs) Go to the door, look down, and I'm like, Candace, what is wrong with you? And this figure had gone down the hallway and down the stairs and was just turning the flight of stairs to go down to the next set of stairs. And I noticed it was wearing a white, like, dress. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the fuck is this? So I walk downstairs to the first landing and I look out the window and that's when I feel like my whole body go from super hot when I was in my room to like ice cold chill because every car, including hers, is gone. So I'm the only person home. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I look look down the next set of stairs because it's one of those tri-level houses where the staircase is just close together. Yeah. And it's turning to go down to the final set of stairs to my nope. sister's. I've been like, nope, back up to the bed. My nope. sister's room. And I just notice it kind of look up at me as it's going down to that final set of stairs. And as it descends, my sister's room would be like the room we're in now with one of these, you know, what do you call these? Uh, not. You're below, you're below ground. Yeah, you're below okay. ground and you have the window well. Window well. There we go window well i can't i can't believe i couldn't think of that <laughs> and the dogs outside start barking like mad at that window well just rawr, 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 rawr. i'm like what Whoa. The shit? so i grab this little you remember the buzz the salt lake buzz that baseball team from yeah. back in the day i had one of their like little baby bats that you get at the stadium i'm like oh i'm gonna go figure out who this is so I started, broken, you thought it was somebody broken in your house. Yeah, so I'm walking downstairs with this bat, and the dogs are just still going mad. And I get to the door, and the door's closed. And I, gr- I go to open the door. As soon as I put my hand on that doorknob and open it, the dogs stop barking, I open the door, and no one's in there. Whoa. And it was like nope. instantaneously. This is the weird thing of the story. Run back upstairs, get dressed, run to school. I can't get out of my head... That there was this girl in my house in a dress. Yeah, because it's freaky. A year before this, a girl committed suicide on Copper Hill's football field field in her prom dress. Whoa. Did she live in the house? She didn't live in that house. I know her. Did she look up the dress and what she wore? I did not look up whether it was a white, blue, so I don't know. It was a white dress in my in this vision 
Well, I should reach out to her sister because I know her sister. I went to junior high with her sister, but I to. think that would be too, a little too traumatizing because that was Maybe. a whole big thing for her family when that happened. But yeah, I bet her sister has pictures of it on her Facebook Maybe or somewhere. But there. yeah, that was the okay, weirdest ghost story thing I've had happen to me. Seen as things like that where I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not gonna say there's not something. And this wasn't like you know how people are like, oh, I. I think I saw a ghost or an like out apparition. Of the corner of your eye. Or no, this was plain as fucking day. Someone, I will swear on the Bible, I don't believe in <laughs> that I seen this shit. Yeah, I I think that it's. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. Like in Mormonism, they'll be like, the spirit, the spirit. You can feel that someone was arguing, and then you can. You go into a room where someone's been arguing, you can feel it. Well, I think that we release pheromones when we argue, and I think there's perception. There's perception, but um, there's too many things that are just weird. That are, I think, I think that we'll eventually get to the point where we can detect that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Pheromones in the air, particles per million, whatever can analyze it, you know. Yeah. But I, but there's too many things that just don't. I've had it so many times. I've taken my phone out, and. I'm like, oh, I should call my mom. And I, and I open up, I go start scrolling through the contacts, find my mom's thing, open it up, pull up her, pull up her contact. I'm about to press send, and she, her, she calls me. Calls you, wow. So many times, and I, and for me, I'm like, okay, what's the logic behind that? Is there anything logical? Because I mean, even in Mormonism, I always thought that God was the great scientist, and it's, it looks like magic to us, but it's just science. Um, and with the ability to command elements is the other piece that is the thing that we didn't understand anyway, but I'm, but in my mind, I'm like, well, what if we, I came from her, what if our atoms are vibrating on a similar frequency? And that's there, that's how we explain connections is that we know that all existence, that every particle, every neutron, every, you know, all these things, everything's moving on in waves and, and, and. Um, frequencies and blah 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 and so is it possible that might could explain it but i don't know i mean who knows right yeah it there's so many weird situations that we come across in you know in our lives and our own backgrounds that make you question what is out there but i still ain't signing on for any of the religions anymore no like he said anything that requires a credit card here give us your money nope Usually like Joel Olstein, right? I mean, we went to for a film festival. We went to Houston, and like he got he got a lot of flack because they had a crazy flooding in Houston, and he bought like an old um, uh, football arena no, or no, something basketball. Or basketball. Arena. So it's like a huge like Delta Center kind of thing. And he feels that thing. We were there on a Sunday, and he has police that are directing traffic. Like it's crazy, it's massive. But he wouldn't let him use it for the. For oh, natural for disaster. The humanitarian. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't let him use it because it's his nice church. Oh. At first, then they gave him a flack that he did, but yeah. it's like. But the the pressure had to come. For, yeah. Right. I mean, even too, it's like one of the things. I mean, there's just so many. It's. I mean, I could honestly go on for hours about the things we've discovered about the church. It doesn't make any sense. Or it's not true. Or it's, there's actually another story that they they hide and whitewash mm-hmm. all of it, but. Walmart donates way more to charities than the church does. Way more. And if Walmart is donating more than the a church is, 
what the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah, it makes you question it a lot. I always, I always um, just find myself in awe of those people who can still go to those big uh, televangelist church things and they're just throwing money at them. And there's that one pastor that's just rich as shit up on stage. You're healed, you know, and he's doing all that crazy dance around crap, and it's just like. It's a it's a big circus show. Oh, it fully like, is. But if you can get into it, you can make a lot of money oh, if you yeah, can convince man. people. I keep saying we should start a religion now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll like, be slightly culty. <laughs> be less culty. I don't even have to have sex with your wife or girlfriend. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that doesn't have to be on the table. You Just know? give us 5%. It's fine. Dude, it's, uh, four. Four. Well, I'll take 4%. And, and then it's... we'll get you into Kevin. The whatever heaven we'd create is, you know. We'll but get we'll you go there. buy a private island. I don't know. Make it like real cool. I wouldn't say it's undoable, but it would be very hard. I mean... And when you look at it, but if you want to get in on the ground floor, I'm telling you, this is how we do it. (laughs) This is how we do it. But and it's so odd because that's another thing that always strikes me very odd with uh, the Mormon stuff is they're newcomers to the religion land. When you look at it in the scale of time, they're very new to the Mm -hmm. land of having their religion. And who's behind them? The only people that I can think of is Scientology. Yeah, it's probably the new. the biggest new yeah. one on the block. I mean, it's like a, a decent size official, blah blah blah. Yeah, I think they have tax exempt status after they they had to they fight, for it, fight yeah. for it and everything. But I think they got it now. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And there's always going to be your like one off churches here and there that they yeah. start like, like the non denominational yeah. stuff and things like that. I mean, I do think Joe Smith was a really smart guy. I do think he honestly was because that's part charming, of it too. Supposedly. Is that one of my cousins, I'm like talking to him about it. I'm like, so they're like, well, he translated the Book of Mormon in like, in like six weeks. I'm like, well, he could have been writing it and not told anybody. He's like, could you write the Book of Mormon in six weeks? I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I probably couldn't, but I could write it and not tell anybody about it for years mm-hmm. and then pretend that I wrote it in six weeks. Oh, yeah. With, you know what I mean? And, and, and one of the things, too, that they talk about and they love sharing stories. I want to, it's even one of their one of their sayings from the from the scriptures is in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And they talk about in the Book of Mormon, there's a they talk about the witnesses of the Book of Mormon. And did any of the people actually see the golden plates? No. They they didn't. They, Do those, are, they're not on They said they were taken back by an angel. Okay. So they don't have. So they were on Earth for a period of time, and now are gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of dude. There's such a wacky stories about well, Joseph Smith and the vision it... visiting the the place. Because basically, what they said was supposedly happened in the Book of Mormon is there is a cave that held all of these records, and that the last prophet in the Book of Mormon's name is Moroni, basically took all the best pieces out of all of the books. And put him in the Book of Mormon, and get, so he he like cultivated this book for us in the last days, and that's what we're in now. And that's what the, the book days. they call it the last. I mean, oh, another another thing, <laughs> right? They have what's called um, your patriarchal blessing. So at a certain age, they'll give you a blessing. It's an old guy that was a patriarch. I don't even know how technically they get to be a patriarch, but they're a patriarch. They're old enough and they're wise enough. They're connected to God enough. And they, you go into it and they lay their hands on your head and they kind of give you, I mean, these days I kind of call it a fortune where they say like, um, 
you're going to be this and you're going to do this. You're going to have these things that happen to you and blah, blah, blah. These children and da, da, da. Really? Yeah. I've never yeah. even heard of this. Oh, oh yeah. really? I still have mine. Oh, yeah. I, I have Amber mine has hers. But... Did so. your guys' patriarchal blessings come true? Okay, mine was really weird because my patriarch... So I got mine after I got engaged, right? And so um, I had Lee come along with my parents to uh-huh. the blessing. But, I pushed her to get it. I'm right. Like, you need to get your patriarchal blessing. Right, because I was important. like, oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but a few days before I was supposed to have my blessing, he had an interview with me. And he was like, oh, what do you want to be? And I was like, oh, well, a teacher. He's like, oh, well, you know, he asked me all of these questions. My patriarchal... Pre-game interview, seriously, what we call it. Everything in my patriarchal blessing is comes from the questions he asked me. There is nothing in that blessing that did not result from the things he asked me. It was really weird. And I've asked a ton of people, like, did any of you have that? And they're like, no. no. But they call, so, I don't know. Kinda, they have a lot of general... Who knows whether... I mean... Some of it's like aspects that, because the time you're like, oh, da da da, he said this about me, and then you go, well, that's kind of what I am. So why he was telling me, it's like a fortune teller. Well, like, yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of like the people that read palms or yeah. tarot yeah. card reading or something like that. You can always make the story fit if you know how to do it the right way. Well, like mine says, like, oh, you'll be a teacher of children, and well, yeah, if you have kids, you are going to teach your children. Um, and mine says like that my spouse and I will be of one spirit and I feel like we get along pretty well, but I don't know that that's, you know, that's a roll of the dice anyway. There's plenty of times we we haven't gotten along well, so I don't know. That's the kind of same bullshit though. Like, it's like what you're saying is the, 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 uh, the, you know, a fortune teller would tell, but no, but part of what in, you know, probably break her heart, but Amber's mom had a patriarchal blessing and it said she would, live to see Christ on the morning of the first resurrection, which in the Mormon, in Mormon culture and history and lit, you know, their, uh, doctrine, they talk about all the righteous. So basically like book of revelation shit happens. Um, Christ comes at the end and there's a thousand years of peace with him reigning on the whole world. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and there'll be like spirits interacting with the, with the living during that time. And then at the end of that, a thousand years, he will, he will resurrect all with resurrection is, you know, you know, resurrection is joining yeah. back to your body, perfect state, blah, blah, blah. That'll happen. And so it's like, it basically said in her patriarchal blessing, she would be there when Christ came again. Right. Hmm. So you read that and you're like, Oh. People live like seventy five ish years, Ooh, but then, coming. but then you tell that to someone, and they're like, "Well, she could be. It could be with the morning of the first resurrection. It doesn't have to be when she was actually alive on Earth. So she could be there for the. It's like, uh, so well, then technically, we all should have that in our <laughs> patriarchal exactly. blessing. Mar- exactly. Marcus, I don't think you'd make it. Dude. You're, you're, you're too much of a sinner. I don't, I don't think you're gonna. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah. no, but then even another story. My own, my dad, like. He had a patriarchal blessing, and it was like three hours long, I think. It was crazy. Whoa, that Old is a long one. Like, yeah, so much information. Well, halfway through it, the tape stopped because they recorded it on audio tape. And then they type it up, and then they, and they type it up and give it to you. Oh, wow. And so um, my dad remembered a lot of things from the second half that he said, and I don't even know anybody else, but he thinks it's really important. So he goes back two other times to try to get – the rest of his patriarchal blessing and 
Surprise, of course, they never said all the things that the first guy said. Oh. And it's like. It's all different. Oh, yeah, because they're just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you when you leave, that's the kind of shit that you. You go, uh, well, there go, are well, people who read their patriarchal blessings that are like, okay, this is a map of my life. This is how it's going to go down. I just got to live right and do the things and everything will turn out great and blah, blah, blah. Well, and then they can almost make their own blessing come true. Exactly. Because they can live their life towards that. They're like, well, they said I got to do this. It's like a vision board, right? When you put it in your mind, you have it constantly in your mind. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's just such bullshit, dude. (laughs) I need to go get mine and they need to tell me I'm going to be a millionaire or something. (laughs) (laughs) I'll work really hard to get in there. (laughs) You're like, hey, what's the same thing? You should see if you should get yours. I want to see what that would say. They're like, dude, they would look at me and be like, get the fuck out of here. You should have to go to church for a couple of weeks. (laughs) Drop some money. Hey, hey, it's a benefit because uh, now church is only two hours every week. You guys, I couldn't spend 20 minutes in church. (laughs) I go to funerals and if they're LDS based funerals, like I went to my grandfather's and I got up there and spoke and I loved my part and I loved, uh, the part that my, um, few other family members got up there and spoke about. Then comes the part where the Bishop gets up there and starts talking. And and I was like, I was like, what the fuck? This man served as community, did all these things. And now this is becoming about an organization and how, it was just mind blowing. It goes into the basically the, they turn all those things into like a, a Sunday school. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to teach you now. For just yeah. in case there's somebody here. I mean, it's dear God, if I have to hear the same stories again, this material. Do you have, if you've been going to church since you're a little kid, you know all the stories by the time you're 12. This, all of them. I it, mean, like. Well, yeah, and this is how many times I've been to damn Mormon funerals because I know that till we meet again, because so, that's played at every one now of it's them. Gonna be stuck every in time head. I go to an no, LDS funeral, no, don't say shit. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know all the stuff. I still know so many hymns. It's ridiculous. I have to give my dad credit because at my mom's funeral, he is very Mormon, but he did deviate from that because he actually told like tons of stories about my mom's life. So her funeral is kind of what it's supposed to be about, right? Yeah, you know, right? the person who lived. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but most funerals that are LDS are absolutely a church sermon. Oh, God, it was so funny. We were at uh, Lacey's uh, grandma's funeral over the summer. She passed away in June, I Mm -hmm. believe. Did you go to the service? I didn't go to the the service. I went to the viewing. Yeah, at the service, they did all this fucking regular old hymns, and then Lacey got up there and played one of her songs, and she did... Oh, it was a... Follow you into the dark by um. Oh God, what's the name of the band? Um, Jesus is gonna Death Cab for Cutie. Yes, Death Cab for Cutie. Boom! I remembered something. And I'm. I'm, And now we'll hear a hymn from Death Cab for Cutie. (laughs) Yes, and I'm sitting there. I will follow you into the dark in G major. Dude, it was so great because I'm like, I'm like, she's not playing this song, and it, she is. Was and it in an LDS church? Yeah, like chapel. And, yeah, that's amazing. It's very beautiful song, very dark lyrics, very. And I'm watching the bishop's face get more and more <laughs> furious when nobody's like singing along. It's just you just start listening to the lyrics and you're like, you're like huh. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Yeah, it's talking about Catholic school can be cruel and like all this other shit. It's just like, oh my oh, God. That's amazing. <sighs> yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go and yeah, cut it. Uh, yeah, especially when it there's a part where it's like when in heaven and hell decide that they're both satisfied or something like that. Yeah. It was just like, he was like, eliminate the no on the vacancy side. Yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Well, this is, uh, Dude, this, this is cool. Mormon church is so weird anyway, because it's like they don't allow certain instruments, right? It's like Pentecostals. It was, it's totally strange to me because I met a fair amount of them just from different things. And I'm like, they got a whole drum kit and they got like multiple they, like, mics it's a up party. on the stage. And it's like, Really, I was like kind of jealous. I'm like, dude, I want to go to a concert every. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Concert Jazz every it up Sunday. a bit. Yeah, because at Mormon churches, you never find guitar, drums, they, anything. They'll do guitar. They consider guitar okay. They generally harps like harps are good. Harps, pianos, violins, flutes, flutes, like certain instruments. But horns. No trumpets. No trombones. No. But his parents. Okay, so his parents live in a, in an old town, like a old. They have a lot of old buildings, mm-hmm. and their Historic. chapel. Is absolutely gorgeous. It's like a two level. It's got like wood Where's carved. Where's this at? Um, down in Spring City. Oh, okay, yeah, Spring got, City. Okay, yeah, but it's, it's got gorgeous. like it's a gorgeous church. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah I've seen Acoustics that one. Acoustics are amazing, and somehow they got. We went there. I they must got, have been they Christmas. Got, they have to get as adults and, and leaders in the church. They have to get permission from the <laughs> brethren. No, no, they didn't get permission because I asked. They had like a full like horns, like trumpets, trombones. Um, saxophone and it was beautiful Dude, it was christmas like, music i mean live orchestra and, is so killer because i think it was your dad was like how'd you get that approved and they're like oh we didn't ask. don't ask <laughs> yeah. don't tell <laughs> who's gonna know we're down here in a small town but it was amazing but it's super fun to listen i mean because my yeah. i grew up and my my sister was in the sacramento youth symphony and i mean we didn't have a lot of money growing up but um I love it because I go with my mom. I don't even think my other siblings would do it that much, but I love music so much that I would go to performances and I, I know tons of classical music. I don't know the names of it or the composers or anything, but I know tons of it because of that. But it's kind of the same thing where, you know, anyway, it's really fun. No, no, totally. I mean, um, one people wouldn't fall asleep if you had some uh, jazzed up music. Yeah. (laughs) The that's I mean church in general. I haven't been to a church that I've had a good time at. Oh, I, if you really want some entertainment, go on Fast Sunday. If you have not enjoyed that experience, everybody stands up who wants to and bears their testimony. Bears, their, bears their testimony. Mean, and, like they stand up. And, I know this church is true. I love my mom and dad. That's a little kids. Oh, but like you get some dry, dry testimony. It's so, it is just, just so, but it's they. It's basically they talk to. I mean, some some are decent. They share, but even on my mission, I'm like, there's this lady who gets up. She's like, I saw Jesus the other week. And we're like, whoa, that's crazy. She's like, yeah, I was in the dentist chair and they're giving me gas. And I'm, <laughs> we're like, whoa, I don't think that counts. <laughs> You're like, you had an experience for sure. <laughs> now they yeah. do. Uh, Fast Sunday, so that's where they don't eat all day, right? Yeah, so you basically skip breakfast and lunch, and it's supposed to... Well, some people will do the dinner the night before, too. Yeah. But it's basically supposed to, like, kind of humble you and help you to realize how lucky you are or how much you have. And you're supposed to donate the money that you would have spent on meals to the church. Oh, And then it goes to help. Instead of a food bank, give it to them again. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then they get to well because they don't want you to give it because the that, instead of working in a food bank you're you won't go work in a food bank because you'll go work at the bishop storehouse or yeah yeah go work at the cannery or go work at wherever it's, or go clean the I mean? church well and they own uh, the desert industries too right yeah mm-hmm. what do they do with the income off that place because mm, yeah what do they do with well it? they do some job training like they have. Um, job training they ship a lot of stuff to like africa so if they have stuff that's donated that they know won't sell here they don't shift that much though. they yeah because a lot of it a lot of it is basically the desert industries for those that don't know is a semi quasi thrift store yard sale type yeah, yeah it is it's a thrift yeah. store and charity shop if you're british <laughs> I just I don't consider thrift stores thrift stores here anymore since I came from back east on my trip. We went in some thrift stores out there. They're cool. They no, here it's cool everybody's items. donated. It's junk. Junk. Well, it that's overpriced too. now. It changed. I mean, I remember growing up because that's where we'd shop as a kid. That's where we Really? Be. Yeah, we were always at thrift stores and we'd find some pretty wacky stuff, but it was fun and unique and different and just every time I go into the DI, I, I find it's like a big reject store. Like, uh. like you well, got they would, grandma's They couch. would actually, like, that's one thing they would do is if you if you don't have money or if you're down on your luck, they'll let you, they'll take you to a DI and you'll pick out clothes and stuff. Oh, really? Like, I remember, too. Like, if you need clothes for an interview or that a, kind of thing. When I was a kid, um, we uh, one of our, one of the members of the ward, their house burned down right before Christmas. And so they took him to DI, and they because they lost everything, everything they had. And so they took him to DI, and they would pick out clothes. And like I said, dude, there's plenty of there's plenty of good people that are like trying to do good, but they don't realize how manipulated where the hierarchy's coming from, and and where their money's going, and what I mean. That's the thing too. It's like really think about it. You can't get into a temple. To do your endowments unless you pay your tithing. Or you can't even go into a temple to see your own child get married unless you're going to church and paying tithing. Yeah. But like that to me is where it's really messed they, up. They aren't, they don't say like, and then if you ask them, they're like, do you have to pay your way into heaven? They're like, oh, absolutely not. But, but then dude, on the other hand, they'll consider tithing or they'll call tithing fire insurance to keep you out of hell. So. I know. <laughs> I know. They. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's the duality that they can't. That's them putting the idea. They don't think deeply enough about what those things they're saying. It's like, dude, if you can't get into the temple, and the temple's the only way you can reach the highest levels of, of either uh, of existence. Because there's three levels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, celestial, terrestrial, celestial, and there's three levels inside the celestial, supposedly. But I mean, that was one of the things that put me out too. Is that kind of put on the shelf is, um, they changed it, and and and. Basically, they said at they originally they said because I, a friend of mine that's in the church showed me the a, an original Book of Mormon or Pearl of Great Price where they had the original do- doctrine, and originally it said that you could after this life, move up between the kingdoms mm-hmm. if you learned your lessons right if you learned something and that's their philosophy is that we're down here to learn and grow and learn what and experience and 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 make mistakes and become perfect, right and so. Um, but that's one of the things they changed is they're like, well, nobody's motivated to come to church if, if you tell them they can do that improvement after this life. So they said, no, 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 no. Well, you, you got to do it in this life. Well, and it probably didn't help that there was a prophet that was, or a, uh, apostle, I think it was, that was like, oh, yeah, the third level is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty much like Earth. And then people were like, huh. <laughs> but they, well, no, actually, no, that was, that's not what they were saying. 
Joseph Smith said, even the telestial kingdom, which is the lowest, is you would kill yourself to get, to get there. there. Yeah. And the funny thing is their their doctrine says you would go there if you killed yourself. So <laughs> it's kind of like, hmm, okay. Anyway, but then they changed it and said, whatever kingdom you get into, so telestial, terrestrial, celestial, they changed the doctor to say, you can't go above those. Mm. You can't. And so it's like, wait a minute. What the, well, wait, but you can't change for... the doctrine. This is not, God didn't change his mind. What the, it's, oh, oh, it's about man. It's a man. It's trying to manipulate. Yeah. He's trying to get you to come money. to church. Well, and then, so there's those three levels. And then you say there's a top level with three levels in that. And well, because, eventually... because um, it, the three levels in the celestial kingdom, and they don't specify what the two are, but they say to the very top one, to become a god, you have to be married, and your spouse has to make it. And are all of these levels on call up? No, no, no. People make that mistake all the time, and I don't know why. Why they no one they don't sets really talk it about straight. that anymore. They don't. We don't have a name. There's no name that we that they knew of. That the planet mm-hmm. that God lives on doesn't have a name. Gotcha. They said it is a big planet, though. There's a big planet n- nearby that it is so big it takes a thousand um a thousand years to do a full rotation gotcha. and so they the planet by god is called kolob okay and so it's people always like oh god doesn't nah, that's not that's not what the doctrine says gotcha but they kind of got away from that i haven't heard they don't they try they don't about, want to talk about that stuff that sounds a little wacky part of it is <laughs> i also thought that um, there's one philosophy that I thought was a part of the church. And then later I, when I left, I found out it wasn't, which was explore the mysteries, you know, which it really wasn't everybody. It was my dad. My dad always was searching the scriptures and exploring. And he's like, you come to me and be like, Oh, I found this other thing out about this thing. And I'm like, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, and, and I, part of the philosophy I originally, like when I was kind of, kind of leaving, anyway is like none of those scriptural things matter it only matters what i do on earth and how i treat people that are around me and so if i if i'm the best person i can irrelevant of what i believe in um it's the way i want to be and so i'll still even as far as the mormons are concerned be make it to where i need to be where i should be because they they basically are like well Wherever you land, you'll be happy because you'll be with people that are like you, you know. And so, kind of, even their own philosophies, like, they don't make sense. Yeah, I always tell this uh, coworker of mine, Luann, she's always <laughs> talking, we, we talk about religion and stuff, and I'm always like, when I think about eternity, that scares me. Like, an eternity with people like you and your <laughs> beliefs. <laughs> oh, Marcus. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> Well, that's one thing after I went through the temple, I was like, because they say like, oh, the temple is like how the celestial kingdom will be. It's all white. It's all people talking in hushed tones like this. And I was like, that is a nightmare for me. That sounds like like, when I kept thinking. It should be fun. Shouldn't it? Like you made it through this life. Let's like have (laughs) some fun. Yeah, no Shouldn't it be, I don't know, something. No, but like part of it is like, I'm sitting there. They talk about, oh, you got to make it to the, you got to make it to the celestial kingdom. And I'm like. Well, what are we going to do there? 
Yeah. <laughs> are we just going to clean the, are we going to be like are this? Are we going to be cleaning buildings? Cleaning the buildings? Oh, yeah. That doesn't sound like fun. Can yeah. we go back Popping down to the Celestial Kingdom and have a party? And... Well, and I, I always. Can I move down and back up? I always, I always give crap to Luann because I, I love her to death. She's LDS. She's we awesome. don't see eye to eye, but she's a very fun woman. And she's one Mormon that will talk to me in a way of reason where I don't put her down. She doesn't put me down. We just try and understand each other's little planes. And she's very much like live your life. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. And, but I, I'm always explaining to her how eternity is scary to me. Cause I'm like, eventually you're going to get bored, Luann. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Eternity as the being that we are. It's, Boredom. Yes, just like that movie. Forever. (laughs) And she's like, you won't get bored. I'm like, do you understand the concept you're putting out here? (laughs) Well, and that's what I always thought, too. Even in the Mormon church, I thought, well, I definitely want to go to Celestial Kingdom because that seemed like, um, you know, the lower kingdoms, they can't can't get there. But, I mean, we thought, oh, we're going to be making planets. We're going to be making solar systems. We'd make our own universe or blah, blah, blah. Because they believe that Jesus is the Jesus for all planets, but ours is the only one wicked enough to kill Jesus. (laughs) I'm not kidding. They believe that. That's another – I mean, there's so many wacky theories. But um, but it's like, yeah, what do you – what is this all, you know, what are we going to be doing? You're going to be but, taking painting classes from like Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. I don't know. Like. But I, I thought like, oh, dude, this is this is what we'll do for eternities is God is going to be teaching us all the science behind black holes, behind um, minute organisms, little tiny. I thought, oh, that's what we're going to be doing for eternity is understanding. And then they, you know, we were going to, instead of just like, the, the part that's interesting is that then we create another world existence and watch and shape our children. So that's what we do for eternity is mm. shaping other people or shaping other our Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> spirit. Yeah, I mean, for them, it was, they call it spiritual. We were spirits before. We already had our gender assigned before, blah, blah, blah. We come down to earth and in our body, and we had this all this existence that we forgot about. We chose up there to follow Jesus instead of Satan because Satan had a plan. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, this is like wackadoo story. Uh, Where do we end up if the Mormons are right? Like on South Park, <laughs> and they're the one religion that was I'm right. I'm gonna go to don't, hell when I die. Yeah, don't we end up in uh, outer darkness? Isn't that no, where no, we're no. going? No, no, no. They actually don't. They don't believe. I mean, okay. So it's weird because I know there's some there's some uh, realities or some people that believe hell is cold. Um, so basically, what they feel like is if you don't repent and you're not and you don't try to get to Jesus, you will spend they call it an eternity in outer darkness. But I think the idea is that you would, it would feel like eternity. Even a second of it would feel like an eternity to you Mm -hmm. because you're existing outside of time kind of thing. Yeah. So you would feel a punishment and the pain of all your sins. So the idea is that Jesus took on anything that you repent of, you're not going to have to suffer after this life. And so if you repent, you won't feel the pain of those anymore. But because Jesus took them for you. Mm-hmm. But he only takes on the pain that you repented of. But all the other pain that you don't that you cause other people, you will feel. And you'll feel it in outer darkness. You'll spend time there, but it'll feel like an eternity. And then you'll be given your 
your um your your kingdom or where your assignment in the kingdoms. Because like awesome. technically, if you get excommunicated or revoke your records, then you die. Can't your family members then like baptize you again, do all your temple work again? They then you're like yeah, straight up to the celestial philosophy. kingdom, and you're like a okay, right? Yeah, yeah. See, Maybe that's well, what we do. So my major problem is if they are right and. I get out of outer darkness and then into my assignment. I'm just going to start a political party and try and overthrow God because I'm not agreeing with this. system. Um, somehow I don't think that's how it works. Well, that's, well they'll kick me back down to darkness. They're going to put you back. On, no, I mean, they're like, you did not learn your say. That's what Joseph, yeah. I mean, he said, Joe Smith said, oh, it's even the telestial kingdom is so wonderful and amazing. Because part of it is they don't believe your physical body can be harmed. Mm-hmm. Anymore, you have no need for food. It's it's debatable. No one no one's one hundred percent sure whether you can actually have sex or not. If you they, even they have don't they, they don't know if you have genitals, which yeah. is really weird because they have so much emphasis on, on gender. gender. Yeah. yeah, but like it's yeah. They said it'll be wonderful, no matter what. Maybe we're going to be up there like the uh, 1970s and 80s alien cartoons. We're all just like these little gray people with no... (laughs) 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 Or we'll be like Ken and Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Just rubbing our our bumps together. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh, well, you two, I really want to thank you guys for coming on and talking about your story of going through your Mormon life all the way up to... Amber, your late twenties, Lee, your early early thirties, and and your transition out of that, and your experiences, and kind of your belief systems, and yeah, that's you know, I think this is a wrap. We've been at this for a little over two Holy hours. And yeah, we got another like four to six hours. I was gonna say we could us. we could keep going on. I thought it, we'd but... have a hard time going an hour. <laughs> no, I, I told her I told her we didn't have any problem at all going an hour. My only thing is I got work tomorrow. <laughs> you got to get up and crack it on. Yeah. It's a butt crack now. So thank you guys very much for joining us, and we will catch you guys all on the next one. Yeah.